0: Welcome, welcome welcome to episode 13 of the dimensional cascade podcast coming at you from the dungeon in shoreline washington with me i have ricky and tom and i'm aiden and it's been a long time coming it's Been a long time coming it's been the unlucky episode 13 um oh
1: yeah that is true yeah that's why we're so delayed
0: the yeah. stars just
2: haven't lined up
0: no i think the great horned rat has been kind of you know messing
2: with our mojo it's the end times it's we've all been time. in hiding <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> yeah basically uh, yeah what a time like finally something exciting is happening in warhammer and we're not podcasting yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's true real life has kind of caught up with us a bit um we did schedule a time to record episode 13 about a month ago mm-hmm. and then um ended up recording a really long pile of crap that i decided we weren't going to uh We weren't going to publish. Um, Mostly around talking about tournaments. And it was just, Mm. I listened to it again. I'm like, this is really dull. So rather than give you something really dull, I give you nothing. So you should thank me.
2: And then since then, (laughs) the struggles of getting a bunch of busy, successful professionals and and one academic (laughs) (laughs) in the room at the same time has been, just been too much. Yeah. Well, Ricky got promoted. Yeah, which is yes. pretty awesome. Well yeah, done.
0: He's, uh, he's now chief uh, chief designer nerd. At, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Chief nerd. I am the director of integrated studio. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whoa. All right, and uh, I changed uh, team within my job as well. So now instead of working on email, I'm working on Facebook related stuff. Oh. oh cool well it's incredibly distracting because every time i go to test something facebook be is, on facebook i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> well i'm part of like three warhammer groups on facebook and so mm. now like, oh that that just happened what mm-hmm.
1: yeah that yeah. would be distracting
0: it is a little bit distracting hard to, so hard to focus yeah uh oh look uh, so Ooh, piece of candy <laughs> <laughs> so here we are uh what have we got up in this episode uh we're gonna be talking end times in the news and the rumors section because we can talk a little bit about book one and um some more about the upcoming book two um we'll be doing a full end times review probably next episode in the next
2: podcast
0: did you remember to bring the books yeah i've got the books excellent then i will get them read and we can we can review them um uh, in our tournament zone, um, we'll talk briefly about Victory or Death and the OFCC Team Challenge. And uh, those are two tournaments we went to recently. And then upcoming, we have Sparkle Party Deathmatch 5. Woo! Uh, the King of Cascadia and uh, US Masters updates for the Northwest region and, and actually for Masters in general. So reasonably big tournament zone, so we'll try and keep everything short and sharp. Um, and then Hobby Horse is gonna be uh working with big kits, uh how to put together those those larger kits from GW mm. or or you Which know, is
2: timely given all the end time stuff
0: coming exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Um how to paint them, um that sort of thing. Just some of the hints and, and tips that we've picked up over the uh over the years. To, um, uh, mostly how to avoid gluing all your, uh, how, all how your fingers. How to avoid getting covered in glue like, <laughs> yeah.
2: like I end up every time I try and put a big together. Either I'm covered with glue or the the model itself just has so much glue on it. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, no, it's not glue. It's Nurgle.
1: <laughs> this isn't my high elf, Phoenix. This is <laughs> a
0: Nurgle Plague drone. Yeah. <laughs> um, in our Art of War section, um, we'll be coming, we're covering the um, big rulebook magic items, and uh, we we're going going to talk about mostly the ones that don't see um, play in, in every army book. So everybody, I think, knows the the value or crutch-likeness of the Dispel Scroll and so forth. Um, We're going to talk about some of the lesser-used ones. Mm, We'll
2: call the section Beyond the Dispel Scroll. Beyond the Dispel (laughs) Scroll. There's something beyond that? The hidden gems of the the (laughs) BRB items. It's
0: like the Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, but without further ado, we will roll into the pit. The pit. The changeling personifies the part of Tsinch's psyche that is the meddler, the deceiver, the trickster. He can take the form of other
2: beings from the tiniest of insects to the most massive of greater demons. None, save perhaps each himself, know the changeling's true form. Or
0: he goes cowled and cloaked when he's in his own shape. Perhaps even the changeling himself has forgotten it. Not only can the changeling mirror the form of another, he can adopt mannerisms and personalities in so... Flawless a fashion that even the dark gods can be deceived. In all of creation, there is only one entity. So the changeling cannot duplicate the great god Zinj himself. And Sigvald, of course. The grand schemer will not suffer any being to steal his identity, even for a moment. Okay, so the pit... We have the Changeling, who we just introduced. I love the fluff for him.
2: Mm -hmm. He changes, apparently, between all of the other pit contestants.
0: (laughs) But even above and beyond that, he basically wanders around imitating things and causing problems. Mm -hmm. Starts wars between the other Chaos Gods. Um, steals things from one place and you know leaves them in another place and before mm. you know it Slaanesh and Nurgle are killing each other
2: yeah. and he's in the end times so very timely. Oh, is he oh. not read the bit with him in? No. Oh, spoiler alert. I've only le-
1: I've I've only read about the first 10 pages. Mm. I'm really really bad about this. But um I when I decided on him, I I went through all the demons. I read the whole demon special character selection okay. and his was the only one that I really he liked. He sounded awesome. And yeah.
0: he's actually a, quite a nice model. The model's actually, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I've nice. always loved the model, so.
1: Yeah, yeah there's quite I, a few yeah.
0: bad special character demon yeah, models. Yeah, so.
1: um, it is. I will say it's a, it's a fine cast one, and um, it came heavily warped. There's huge voids in it. I didn't even bother patching some of the voids. If you actually look at the pictures on Flickr, you, if you're critical you'll be able to find them mm. but it's the changeling so yeah. who's yeah who, who knows what he should look <laughs> yeah like. who knows what man. he should look like
2: <laughs> man well he gets up to some tricks and uh in the end times awesome. we won't do any spoilers good. this time good yeah no but he's yeah.
1: a he's really just i just love it's like the the empire spec speculum or whatever Von mm-hmm. horseman speculum yeah i just yeah. love his rules how he's able to right. yeah. morph and change so yeah so let's go into let's the go rules. through the rules
0: real quickly So um, as far as stat line is concerned, he's kind of average. He's you know move four, weapon skill three, ballistic skill four, strength and toughness three. He's got a couple of wounds because he's a hero level, Uh, initiative three, attacks one, and leadership eight. So very mundane. Um, He's a level one wizard from Lore of Zinch. Um, His special rules, uh, he's demon of Zinch, which means he can reroll ward save rolls of a one and also reroll any channeling dice of a one um he's demonic so that gives him you know fear unstable five up ward, all of that good stuff that demons get he's got the lesser locus of transmogrification which is such a fun word to say transmogrification uh which means if you put him in a unit of pink horrors their blue horror special rule which is um you know, th- at the end of the turn where where a bunch of them die they could do strength two hits to you mm-hmm. um it goes from being two counters to four uh d3 plus one counter so basically makes it more likely that they're going to wound you when you kill them it's not great but it's you know it's not a terrible one either but the really cool part and the reason why he's going to be fun in the pit is the formless horror special rule so at the start of each close combat phase uh choose an enemy model in base contact with the changeling. He can increase any or all of his weapon skill, strength, toughness, initiative, and attacks to match those of the chosen enemy model. And so uh, if it is a uh, mounted model, he can also choose the highest of the characteristics. Mm. So he's in against a dragon he can have
2: against a, an elf on a dragon he can have the massive initiative and weapon skill plus the strength yes and, and, exactly. toughness, and too. toughness no no not toughness. not toughness oh yeah toughness, oh, toughness. Too. Yeah, weapon skill
0: do. strength toughness initiative and attacks everything okay. that's important for combat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah. so that'll be interesting I, if and uh, he can
1: take the strength of the dragon and use it to kill the, the elf on top mm-hmm. yeah so nice. pretty nasty solid
0: so and the <laughs> attacks of the dragon that's all usually higher too
3: mm-hmm
2: so he's up against Malagor. Uh, Malagor Maligo, yes. back from last time when he killed uh, uh, Wolfric. Wolf, uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, Wolfric with the poo poo. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's
0: yeah. His name's not Wolfric, is it? Wolf, Wolfhart, Marcus Wolfhart, Marcus yeah. Wolfhard, the fabled Gosh, monster so hunter. Yes. Who got couldn't?
2: trampled under the foot of the mountain camera. You're jerk, Tom. I remember now. That was epic. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Okay. So uh, we've got the pit all set up here. Um, we, are, we are 24 inches apart.
2: Um, we got some spells to roll. We got some spells to
0: roll. We also have to roll on the Reign of Chaos table whenever mm. uh, we have to look on the Reign of Chaos table because we've got a demon on the board. Um. So you are. uh, Tom's going to be rolling for Malagor yep. On lore of beasts.
2: Uh. Do Do I have to take lore of beasts? Yeah. I think we decided because he's entered the pit as a lore of beasts wizard. He'll continue to be so. Yes. Because obviously, I would like to switch to death now and yes. just uh, snipe the crap. Stop being a cheese ball and just. All right, roll right, Let's on just, lore just do law of beasts. And Ricky gets to roll for uh, um, the changeling. Okay. So we got transformation. Keep curse man we here not so bothered amber spear keep uh pens impenetrable, penetrable penetrable pelt and uh the four i'll switch for wissons
1: okay all right, all right. so all, right. all the fun stuff and then i get to roll on which lore
0: uh lore of zinch which i have all right Open i'll in front roll one out. die
1: and let's see what we get here
0: four a four on the lore of zinch is glean magic uh which is a direct damage spell um that you use to target an enemy wizard within 18 inches you roll a d6 and add your wizard level you both do that um if you get higher uh the target suffers a strength three hit and loses one wizard level and forgets one randomly determined spell
2: you're going to want to switch for the magic missile probably uh the the signature magic missile
0: yeah you probably want the signature magic missile which does d6 strength d6 hits
2: Oh yeah.
1: That's okay. Good stuff. Yeah,
2: let's just this
1: default then. All right. I mean it would Blue Fire of Zinc would be kind, would be of, kind of fun. would interesting, but I'm level four, yeah. so at
2: yeah. a big disadvantage. Yeah. yeah.
0: You get to steal the spell though. That would be hilarious if it actually came up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn myself into a mountain
1: chimera. <laughs> yeah.
2: Roll off a first turn? Uh, uh sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. We've
2: got and a two. two. Okay. Malagor goes first. Malagor goes first. Alright, what's your movement? Four. Okay. Then I will move up um, coward. to 16 inches away. Tom is a coward. <laughs> yes, he is. He's giving you a 12-inch charge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I will roll on the
0: winds of magic. Go for it. And roll I an get an
2: eight. 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 So what does that do so on the wind? Or on the that's oh, right. only,
0: uh, only on your turn. Oh, okay.
2: Yep. So you got five, and I have eight. Okay. So, do you see if you channel? Um, I will see if I channel I do not all right. I'll use three dice to cast uh Wild form, and that goes off on uh seventeen. I'm gonna allow
1: that to go off because that just makes me stronger. That's true. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank
2: <Wow>. you. <laughs> Shut up. All right. all right. Eat this then. Five dice, Amber Spear. In oh, okay. Amber spear. All right. Um, big Amber Spear. Big boosted amber spear. one. Oh, you're okay, not so that. Okay, so we've got uh, 11, Might 12, 13, 17. 17. How about that? How you all sure right. That? I
1: don't know. I think I'm going to throw all my Let's dice see. at it.
2: Let's see if I can stop it. Yep. Oh, yeah, you, oh you got, got, got it. it. I got yeah. it. An okay, 18. no Amber Spear. Uh-huh. Right. Suck okay, it. over to you then. No worries. It's just the beginning. Put that in the socket. Even remember what's going all right, right. So uh
1: my turn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll I'll declare a charge. What do all I need? Right. A twelve. Need a twelve. Yeah. Sweet. Oh. <laughs> double <laughs> double ones is not going to do it. That's <laughs>
0: the wrong
1: double. <laughs> um. Okay. Then we'll go to the magic phase. All right. of
0: chaos table. That's ready. Boom. Like six, six. What's rot, that?
1: Rot glorious rot.
0: Roll a d6 for each enemy unit, and each friendly unit that contains one or more demons of Zinch. Oops. <laughs> Darn it. Um, <laughs> on the roll of a six, that unit suffers d6 plus three strength, three hits. Oh yeah, you're done. So roll for yourself first. Okay. That'll be funnier.
2: Two. No, oh, yeah. now
0: roll for Maligar.
2: I don't contain any demons of. Doesn't matter. Each
0: enemy unit. Oh. It's every enemy unit, not oh,
2: okay. just... I need a six or one? You
1: need a six. Ah, darn it. So nothing right. happens from that. Let's see if I channel. Nope. Nope. So Let's see if six I
2: channel.
1: You got four, I got yeah. six.
2: All right, shoot your magic pew poo at me. All right, I'll throw six dice, because I'm trying to dimensionally
1: <laughs> cascade and win the... That's right, you win, <laughs> win the pet if you deal. cascade, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, no, that's you know. not going to But get it, it goes it. off, though. Does it? It's only
0: a fi- uh, casting cost of five. So there's
1: ten there's 17 goes off with a 17 17 including your wizard level yeah all yeah. right yeah. pretty weak
2: but um, oh i think ooh, i get it i think you do no? 12 16. yes it goes all off. all right it goes right. off what, what does it
0: do so it's d6 strength
2: d6 hits do you roll is it the same dice counts for both or you roll no you roll them separately so right. it's d6. this many one, one. and strength,
1: strength?
2: <laughs> i suck at this five, five. <laughs> all right all right <laughs> so we're
1: Darn it. <laughs> okay.
2: Lame.
0: <laughs> turn two.
2: All right. Progressing directly to the magic phase. Nine dice. Nine. Why didn't you want to move forward, bro? I'm he's going a, to next turn. I just want to try he's and a wimp. shoot magic uh, uh, and the spear in your face So well. I get five, right? Yeah. I'm
1: going to try and channel this. Nope. So I'm trying to channel
2: Nope. plays chaos Okay. Orcs. Six dice and the spear... In your face, dimensional (laughs) cascade. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. No. Almost. Almost. All right. It's still gonna kill you there. 16. 21. 18. 21. All right. Come on. I
1: need double sixes here. Brah.
2: Oh no. no. Okay.
1: I got it only with a 12. 13. All
2: right. right. Uh, This is gonna wound Wound on on a two up. Okay. (laughs) Ward save. save. Ward save. come on come on come on he made it (laughs) i did not make it (laughs) i'm just trying to make things a little more interesting how many wounds does it do Do tom so you're gonna die so we should have just roll the dice tom (laughs) (laughs) roll the dice tom (laughs) two Two wounds oh (gasps) no that's gonna kill you probably yeah Yeah, he's dead yeah well i tried to give you
0: an out (laughs) Yeah, this is what happens when you start. I'm stand not back gonna cheat just because we're spares. on the air. <laughs>
2: <sighs> I really wanted to do Mountain Chimera on Mountain Chimera, although it would You didn't have want to do it that whole, hard. You didn't want a to do it floor. enough to charge in, did you? <laughs> you big pansy. <laughs> God Well, I still wanted to win, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, That's our This way. is why you don't play your Beastman anymore.
1: I uh, I almost got a wound through with my almost, magic, and
0: magic missile. Yeah, oh man, I wanted to see the fight against the Mountain Chimera. I wonder what what would happen if he's against something with random attacks like that. Does he also get random attacks? Yeah,
2: he would get the same random attacks, I guess. So that's a I special think, rule. I, I think know. the Malagor Mountain Chimera would still win because he has more wounds. Ew. He would still only have two wounds, right? True, but he'd still have a five-up And He'd have a five-up yeah. And it would be Simo, but all I need to do is do five upward, rolling ones. What's the so mountain chimeras? Kind of in? like before, higher than three, but not really. Oh, yeah, like yeah. six or five or six oh, or something. Okay. Wow, crazy! So
1: that was fun. I think, I mean, <laughs> he's I I. I think um, next week we'll maybe shelve Malagor and bring in a, a combat character
2: and we'll see all how the right. change them to fight to... the changeling. Yeah. yeah, I'm down yep. with that. Yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. All right, sounds all right. cool. Yeah. Okay, well. Alright, that
2: was the pit. Won the Cheaty Way <laughs> yeah. by Marligor. Yeah, that uh, seems to Very... be how you normally win these, isn't it? Well, that's how I win all my games of Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I can't cheat, then I stand no gents. <laughs> that's why you play Chaos to win. Exactly. <laughs> They're just a cheaty army. Yeah, because yeah. you can just make the rules up. and right, rack them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> rack em So we don't sit here and yeah. roll them the whole night.
3: News. And... Rumors!
1: So
0: last time when we were podcasting the end times were just a, a glimmer times were on the horizon. A glimmer on the horizon. Tom had the the four one one all about Nagash. So now uh that has obviously been released and a whole bunch of cool models and end times number two is on the way. So Let's talk a little bit about what came out in the in the first release.
2: Yeah, so let's talk about the end times book but not do not do major review. major yeah. reviewing and no like big storyline spoilers. No, nothing like that. But when we do the review we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to talk about the fluff and do spoilers. It'll be a full spoil. Yeah, um, so we're gonna give everyone a chance now to read up read up on your Nagash books because yeah. next time we're gonna be spoiling everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely everything will be spoiled. Um, I think a couple of other podcasts have already done yeah, fairly sure. good reviews already. Um, I haven't listened to them yet because I wanted to read before mm. I uh, uh, found it all out. So let's talk a little about the releases. Um, so there was the the book itself, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a two part set.
2: That's beautiful.
0: It's uh, mm-hmm. it's what close on three hundred pages of
2: fluff. Yeah, and, and then page. Like a hundred a slimmer book with the with all the, rules. the scenarios, which yeah. also has a lot of fluff in it too. Yeah. So. yeah, it does have fluff too. So, as I understand
0: it, the scenarios are kind of pertain to a lot of the fluff that's in the book. Yeah, so it's it's mm-hmm. here's this scenario that was this battle that was right. actually fought.
2: Yeah, so in the big fat book, you've got you know kind of a not like novel perspective of the of the battles, and then you get the rules for replaying them yourself. Okay, in a kind of way. So. Yeah, the I I don't really see the scenarios as the the main appeal of the book. The kind of the way it just drives forward the the Warhammer narrative, and the kind of more overarching rules it introduces are, are really the most interesting thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and so both of those are things that have been uh, kind of lacking for a while with Warhammer. You know, um, the storyline. I mean, it's kind of expanded a lot with new books coming mm-hmm. out.
2: Yeah, yeah like with, parts yeah. of it are fleshed out, but they flesh out the history rather than rather than moving rather forward. Than changing things, yeah, right.
0: exactly. Um so it, it's kind of nice that they're now saying, okay, um here's this whole new thing that's happening. Although um, oh, we can get into that next week, next uh,
2: next podcast. What do you? The fact that it happened before, well, and now it's happening again. Yeah, very Battlestar Galactica
0: kind of. It is a little bit like Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> right. you know, or or you know something like that. Um, okay, so so let's talk about the models then that came out. Mm. Um, so there were there were two big kits.
2: Yeah, there so the Nagash. first week we had Nagash, who came out with the book. Who Did we talk about that kit much last time? I don't think I so. I guess we were still podcasting when there were just a few hazy, leaked photos. Mm-hmm. But then he came out in all of his glory, and he's beautiful. Yeah, he's
1: he's pretty stunning. I bought the kit. I haven't put it together yet. but um, How have... tall is it? uh it's a massive about 10 inches tall Yeah, I think. it's bigger than the imperial knight the um, big 40k yeah it's imperial about as tall knight as then. it's as tall as this null gene bottle here so if that's what like 10 inches tall um i've played against jesse's um and it, it's just really imposing really really imposing cool um and uh the there's Uh, A lot of cool options for it too. You can have the staff or a sword in his hand. You can have a book or a whirly ball in his hand. So there's there's options. Which is the subject of fierce
2: debate among our group as to which is the coolest Nagash you can build. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, There's been Um,
0: Nagash with an electric guitar. That would be the coolest. Uh, That would be pretty cool. That would be
1: pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) a pretty easy conversion, I should should imagine. But the the most interesting
2: thing about this kit and the others that are coming out in the release is you can, like, they're really unleashing the full potential of the kind of digital design. It's like 3D to a whole other level Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, swooping spirits, like, coming around the whole model. It's just like, kind of like nothing that I've ever seen before. Yeah.
1: This is, it's a whole new level of technology behind it you can tell um and i think that the the sculptors or or artists whatever you want to call them now um behind the models have finally been able to step out of what they used to traditionally do Mm -hmm. like i think they used to think i still have to have this thing to support this while i sculpt this and they don't need that anymore now they can get, get away with this big long swoopy spiral of plastic that um would never have flown before in the traditional casting right. it could or have never been mastering before. or yeah. any of that kind of stuff and now they're able to do it so
0: so one of the questions that that i have is you know it i mean it looks stunning obviously um all of these models that have come out and we'll talk about about some of the others as well um they're all kind of hovery and floaty mm-hmm. off the ground mm-hmm. um and very wispy in places mm-hmm. Um, you know, is the model solid enough to support its own weight? The Nagash
2: one definitely seems solid because the whole yeah. bottom is this billowy cloak that then turns into spirits. So it gives still a very wide like base of support to the model itself. Um,
1: well, yeah, and it's on a it's on one of the big bases, the Ragnarok bases. The so 150 right. by that, 100 that thing's it's it. not gonna fall over. Now I did notice, but I don't think Jesse had his fully assembled when I was playing him. I think he had. One assembly off the, yeah. of the base, so it was kind of bouncy. It was yep. kind of funny because Nagash was kind of like springing. <laughs> <and> then, um, <laughs> right, come, yeah, like I'm on a pogo stick. Space hop in the gash. So, um, but I think I think once you get it fully assembled, I think that there's a counter spiral that stops that.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, okay, um, and then there's so in the second week, the Mortarks came out who are Nagash's servants. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got the triple kit that makes Manfred. Neferata, or Ark Arkham the Black. And that's the one that they're riding these... What what do they call those beasts? Dread Abyssal? Dread yeah, Abyssal. Dread Abyssal. Yeah. And that, again, it's like this big kind of flying, floating kind of bone construct that it looks like it's only held to the base by this tiny part of the tail that's kind of stuck to the base. And then it has all these spirits floating around it. But I was reading in White Dwarf, and if you look really close at the, the 3D images on the the GW website, you can tell that the spirits are all kind of sculpted to be supporting different parts of the model as well, so it's not actually only supported by that one tail part. The spirits... You know, while looking super awesome, kind of act as extra support to it too. Okay, cool. So it cool. seems like they've they've put enough thought into that. Uh, you know, you drop it, one of those spirits is going to fall off or break or something. Yeah, but, you yeah. See, look but after it, your well, models. I mean, yeah, look after yeah. your models. <laughs> and sure.
1: Imagine if you had dropped a metal model today; <laughs> right. yeah. it would have no, exploded. No, thank you. Or yeah, left so, a crater in your floor.
0: So, yeah. so just then to 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 kind of move on from the from the models, mm-hmm. um. Uh, the Mortarks introduce um one variant in their rules that's quite interesting and then we can talk about any of mm. the other any of the other little um you know bits that are yeah, little
2: ruled tidbits.
0: Yeah, so um and that one is that that they are not um ridden monsters. Mm-hmm. They are actually just um monster. Yeah, troop type monster. Troop type monster and they've got uh, you know, a high toughness and a high number yeah, of Yeah, one wounds. stat line to cover one the entire line. model. Yeah. So do you think this is the shape of things to come? Are we getting rid of ridden monsters? I would love it to be.
2: Yeah, it's so much simpler. It's simpler and you would see ridden monsters on the table again because um, if your combined
0: profile gave you more than 6 wounds you would absolutely you'd be able to survive that first cannon shot right
2: and you know all 6 wounds are protected by whatever ward save you put on yeah. that character then yeah. that would be the or armor save or yeah, high exactly. toughness so so yeah. the, the way if you kind of study the stat line the way it looks is if you you know if you assume this dread abyssal is some standard dragon type monster it looks like you just straight up added the wounds of a character and the monster together straight up, added the attacks of the two together mm-hmm. and then selected like the highest weapon skill initiative hmm. that you, that you would have between the rider and the mount Cause it has pretty high initiative still. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like the vampire one has the higher initiative than, yeah. than Arkham. So it looks like they're considering the the rider when it comes to initiative and weapon skill.
0: And, you know, when you think about it, um, a lot of the tests that you do, like any of the characteristic tests right. when you're ridden, uh, you're always taking the higher one mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like for attacks, you're combining things, you know, so it, it was really just that sort of... Uh hey my dragon with an elf on the back is actually better once the elf is dead <laughs> that you're trying to you're trying to you know get past that
2: Right. Or, you know, unridden monsters are awesome still yes, in Warhammer they but as soon as you put a character on there it just becomes terrible because you put your general somewhere that he's going to get shot by a cannon. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would like it if this was the shape of things to come. I don't know yeah, if that sure. will be, I don't know if it yeah, would end would up pushing too. the balance a little far in the in the other direction maybe. Uh, I don't know. Of, I think that well, uh,
1: Yeah, but is that a bad thing? I don't know Do it's you, play, you look, yeah. Do you play <laughs> do you play fantasy because you you want to have like Because I want to see 100 infantry models on the table. That's why Ricky plays fantasy. That's that's why I play. (laughs) And I think you can still do that, but I also play fantasy because I want to see big freaking flying monsters. Yeah, it's true. And we don't
2: get to see that now. But if I have something with, you know, like... um, Manfred has ten wounds, I think. And if you yeah. slapped a four up board on that, you've got ten wounds protected by a four up board. That's pretty great. Cheaty
0: face is what that is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> cheaty. Yeah. But anyway, if this if yeah, it is expensive out that too, so, yeah. if that became the way things were, then I would put, you know, my sorcerer prophet on a flying ball every day. It would be yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh I, I think that would be great if if that's how it goes. Um of course Thinking about the Wood Elves, they'd still mess up how they do the Sisters of Twilight mm-hmm. <laughs> if you put them on a dragon. <laughs> it's like, what? Anyway. It would,
2: uh, like, if that's how it was going to be, it would, would require the Ninth edition book to say, kind of like, go back and forget whatever your army book says. Just do it this way. Add the wounds together, do it this way, whatever. So yeah. I don't know if they would want to put out yeah. such a big correction to everything like yeah, that. And this, so, is,
1: this is one of the things that we were hypothesizing, too, was does this mean cavalry will now be two wounds? nah which would be they used to be awesome you think that would be good it would be so good because
2: but cavalry all has a one up armor save like it's already no take away take away the
1: mounted save take away the save take away the save and just give them two wounds then all of a sudden fast cav become viable small units of cavalry fast
2: cav already the most viable unit in the game
1: well yeah no no (laughs) heavy like small units of heavy cav I mean Mm. would be um, used more
0: yes um two up armor save um is way better to play against than a one up armor save. Mm-hmm. Right. Because your
2: your strength actually matters then. <laughs> yeah. Even even a strength with strength four matters, armor piercing matters. Yes.
0: Even with the um two wounds, you're probably more likely to be able to kill one of them than you would be like strength four against a one up armor save. Um I think
2: I think you have exactly yeah. the same probability of wounding. and yeah. then and then you just
1: you can get away him, with having five yeah. guys and actually be able to have them do something in the game. You know, I think it'd be fun. I don't but, know about this. You yeah. don't know about this. He it's a little unconventional. Armor, so oh, it's a little unconventional. Crumpy well, we'll old see. dwarf over here. <laughs> 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 we'll, see,
0: we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Um, other rules that uh, end times have brought about on um, much debate is, of course, the um, 50% lords and 50% heroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. so the first question that I I remember somebody asking was, does that mean you don't have to have 25% core? No, you still have to have have 25% core, but it now means that you can have up to.
2: Right. You can have core and then just characters if if you want, want, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in 8th edition, I don't really see that as such a big advantage anyway. I don't either. There's very few armies that I think, you know, you would really want to spend more than you already do on characters.
0: Well, I think the big difference, really, the way that I look at it is sometimes you run out of Lord Allowance or Hero Allowance because Mm -hmm. you wanted a certain type of build. Right. And so now this gives you the ability. So, for example, you want to take... um, I'm going to use what elves again. The the um, S- Sisters of Twilight on a dragon, they're in your hero allowance. You also want a BSB. Um, you might not be able to do that under certain points restrictions, but now with end times, yeah. you can. So I you like, may be
2: not changing your total investment in characters, but you get to take you your get pick to between You round things that. out just a little yeah. bit better, yeah, I think.
1: Because yeah, I think, and I, I know that's what I would do. Like For me, like with the goblins, it might come down to being like, oh man, I just I'm short by... 20 points in in lords so i have to bump this lord level hopper guy down to a hero level how many characters guy. would you get if you spent
2: 75 percent of your points on characters it's mm. a lot of goblin characters that's a lot you can have yeah. a whole unit of great weapon bosses yeah you could It'd be pretty fun but uh, <laughs> your elite elite infantry you know Rah! Uh,
1: <laughs> and they would just all die but whatever yeah because
0: they're all well they're tough for at
1: least yeah, but they only have light armor. Light armor. I mean, there's a... There's a f-
2: like, yeah, so one really great thing is now you can take, like, a combat lord on a dragon or something plus you're level four. You're not choosing yep. between those options anymore. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fun. couple of armies that I could see having pretty nasty builds now. Like, Dark Elves, you can put a whole lot of characters on Pegasus and just having them flying yep. around, murdering stuff. Um but yeah well, it's which not like dark nasty. elves
0: need a ha- helping hand exactly. to be more filthy yeah um but i i also think it helps um some of the older books a little bit or some of the more unique builds like it helps your night goblins mm-hmm. um, because now snake, even though you're paying a tax to get that leadership eight yeah um you you can still have a bit of space in your lords yeah i can still
1: take stuff. i can still take the wizarding hat and snake instead of just one or the other you know <laughs> so it makes okay. it makes it more
0: fun. Are there any other um major rules changes? Well, the
2: whole Undead Legion deal, but maybe should we do that in the review? We should just mention it. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah, it's fine. So, the Undead Legion is is um where they've where they've melded the Tomb Kings and uh Vampire Counts and you're able to take a a single army. Mhm. Um, and have from both army books in there, right? And the Tomb Kings, I think, get some of the benefits of of what the Vampire Counts get, in exactly, terms of being able to march when they're near their yeah. General.
2: So there's no near undead versus regular undead anymore. Everything just counts as as undead. So and
0: crumble goes away, right? does crumble go away i don't think so i think i think so. he's still crumble i think the hierophant rule goes away right with the crumble. Yes. i think that's what it is
2: oh okay um, i knew something helped well, so, i don't know we, we that, can
0: we can do that in that part yeah. in the review the we'll talk, yeah side. we'll go
2: into details of the of the undead legion in the review because you know a lot of people have been talking about some very um you know nasty combinations of things that are now possible in yep. in the undead legion like you can get a unit of grade gra- grave guard that Always hits on a three up with a re-roll and all, you know, yeah. by combining banners and stuff between. Which the books. is awesome. You can, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> cool. cool. I like that. You know, uh, at the end of the day, there, <clears throat> there, there's nothing in either book that cannot be killed.
2: Right, and tomb kings were so terrible already that yeah. you know now somebody can actually make their tomb kings. You know, some people will look at oh, how can I abuse these rules? Some people will look at it like, you know, now I can just. Supplement my Tomb Kings a little bit and yep. play them, they yeah. can actually be a competitive army, which yep. is awesome, yeah, for yeah. sure. <clears throat>
0: um, and uh, and then finally, also, um, uh, any army is now able to cast this new lore, the Lore any wizard, of Undeath, Lord yes, of any undeath. Wizard. um, which is effectively you know, it, it's at least 50% of this new type of spell, the summon spell,
2: mm-hmm. so you can summon uh, legions of undead, right? So, there's a spell, yeah, <clears throat> so the summoning spells all have kind of a points limit and a troop type that you can summon yeah and then as long as it's from the undead legion you can bring that unit along so
0: i wonder um and now we can kind of (coughs) go into the Rimmer section a little bit Uh, i wonder then with end times book two or whatever it's going to be called um it, it definitely seems to be uh chaos focused there's um there's a bunch of Nurgle stuff that has Wait been spoiled. Nurgle is um is waxing. But I wonder is is there gonna be another lore that um, you know, potentially allows or another thing that allows you to summon demons? Um, hope, I hope, so. I hope, hope so. so. you like
2: that one. I you? would love it. I would love it. And then you have to paint some nasty nurgle stuff. No. No. Zinch. No, but if if this book <laughs> is all Nurgle, it might just be some nurgle stuff. That uh, no. doesn't make any sense. No, it would be think? demons, well, it would be demons. Maybe. Would be demons. But the and whole I... the whole rumor of this book is that it's very Nurgle focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Nurgle is supposed to be like the antithesis to Nagash. Well, the, this whole of, this hmm.
1: whole first book is called Nagash, but you know, there's tomb kings in there, so that's true. Um, I don't see why, you know, a, a chaos book wouldn't have some demons in there, especially when you look at the rules that they put on mm-hmm. the new Nurgle guys. They can be used in the demon army. They can be used in the beastman army. Yeah, let's so, talk about those Nurgle
0: yeah. guys a bit more.
1: Yeah, the models for or? the rumors. Yeah, yeah, what are they
2: called? What do they do? So we, yeah, so well, this is a new still because we we already have one Nurgle release that has hit the um yep. the white pre-orders. Dwarf, yep. It's in white dwarf, everything you have. The blight king, the what are they called? The putrid blight kings? Yeah. Of Nurgle. Charming. Yeah. So we were talking about this a little before putrid as well. Like blight. Nurgle is one of those things that some people just love the aesthetic and anything Nurgly that comes out they're gonna love. I am not one of those people. I just find it I too am I it's just not, not, not a not a gimmick that I really buy into, this you know, the whole
0: I I mean I get it I understand why people like it I also mm. you know, my joke earlier about hey it's not glue it's Nurgle I think <laughs> is another one of the reasons why people <coughs> uh, like it so much is because the conversions uh, um, like, yeah can be a lot of fun are good um but but I just I don't like the aesthetic of it yeah much um, I
2: can't imagine like sitting there and painting like a bunch of tumors and boils and pus and yeah.
1: like it's actually my my second favorite chaos. Really? Second. Yeah. Oh, we were okay. we were ranking. We were the ranking. Games, day. Yeah. So,
0: so what? Your number one is Zinch. Yeah. Followed mine by would Nurgle, be Zinch,
1: then Nurgle, and then and then Slanesh, and then I don't even. I wouldn't even consider Corn. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I would. I would have my balls cut
2: off first. And what <laughs> I, goes, I, I go. I go Zinch, Slanesh, Corn, Nurgle. See for me, it's it's Corn
0: corn first it's corn first because i just uh, love the rage uh, the god of rage i just like it i like that you know it's like screw magic i'm just gonna beat your brains in um and That's then dwarfs and me. then zinch and then nurgle and then slanish is my least favorite oh yeah yeah never liked slanish so interesting i think be, you could probably ask any warhammer gamer and they'll give you a different yeah, answer yeah, yeah. um so yes, you've got these uh putrid blight kings. Mm, so and yeah, there's the, a yeah. special
1: character too, uh what's
2: his name? Gutrot spume. <laughs> Which I, I I actually really um I think he he's, he's the one cool. model out of the release that I think is, is really yeah, well like done. Like those the tentacles, tentacles and stuff, and yeah. Yeah. And he's supposed to be like this uh Nurgle pirate kinda of dude. He's like the leader of the plague fleet. Just like a Nurgle pirate fleet. Yeah, and mm, I love that they gave him the rules octopus-y. to to walk underwater. Or,
1: you know, like oh, anything, that. even like the deepest of water, mm-hmm. like anything that's impassable
2: water, he can still walk through. Mm. <laughs> and you're cool. like, yeah. So I haven't actually seen the rules for these yet. So it, so the the Blight Kings, you get a set of five models for fifty five dollars. That's yeah, right, yeah. and they're like ogre sized they're like chaos warriors.
1: They're forty mil bases, uh-huh. but they still are infantry. They still count as infantry? Yeah. Not, monsters, not monstrous infantry? They're not mm.
2: monstrous infantry. They are still infantry. But size-wise, the models are like ogre size, pretty much, right? Close. If not you look quite. at
1: them, when you look at them in, like, uh, when they're in situation, like on a table with a bunch of other models next to them, they look like Chosen, just bigger Nurgle mm-hmm. Chosen, mm-hmm. you know? Fatter. And I think I think what they probably ran into was they were trying to design these awesome epic models, and they're like,
2: we can't make them fit on a 25mm. Right. You know what? Yeah, Screw probably. it. Let's throw them on a forty, because <laughs> their their the fluff is like their uber chosen basically. They, they are gone beyond the yeah. regular chosen. And, and they have favorites. three
1: wounds. I think. Um, mm. Let's see where where does they go.
0: So so they're definitely not in monstrous infantry.
1: They. It's not, not just
0: a misprint. No. Interesting.
1: Well, unless it was a misprint in
2: the white dwarf. Oh, that's in white dwarf. Isn't okay, yeah, then? that was in white dwarf. So no stomping then.
0: The rules for them also come with the kit. Yeah, new.
2: so that's a, yeah, that's a new uh, course of affairs as well, because yeah. all of these end-time kits are coming with the, with with the, the rules. rules in them.
0: That I noticed actually with the um, Wood Elf
2: kits that came out, um, they came with at least the stat line and the points mm. value. I noticed that on the, the Gyrocopter I just made yeah. as well. They had the stat line in, yeah. which seemed new.
0: Yeah, so maybe this is more of a sign of things to come as well. Hmm. Um, who knows? Uh, also, an interesting point for the End Times—they um, have like the whole, their whole Warhammer the End Times logo, and it's and it's on the, the all of the stuff. Right, all related. these new releases
2: yeah. are not released under like a Warriors of Chaos banner. It's all the End Times, the end times yeah. kind of is the way they're released. Yeah, so. that's interesting.
0: So so we've got the putrid blight kings and gut rot Spume. <laughs> gut rot Or oh, Whatever it? is that? Is that I yeah, is that I guess right so. Yeah. Um, and then what's uh,
2: what's on the rumor mill? On the well, we know what's coming out yeah. this week. We've got this triple kit. Yeah, it's been
1: all over Twitter and the internet. It's, it's a triple, another triple kit like mm-hmm. the mortars. So was. it's like
2: the it's basically the Nurgle version of the Mortarts. Yeah. they're the lieutenants of whoever is the main mm-hmm. hero of this. And one's like the king
1: book. of Nurglings, which I just love that. I, I that just idea. All I want to ha-
2: get regen within yeah. some distance of him. Yeah. Cool. and I just want to have a whole Nurgling army just <laughs> <around> <laughs> yeah. with him. So the the pictures of this new kit are pretty widely available. It's like classic Nurgle. It's just this big gross beast. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. By the time by the time Aiden Nurgle publishes this, like
1: it'll be public, which is
0: oh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah, it'll yeah.
2: be on the um. Yeah. Wow, you have such faith in my editing skills? <laughs> oh, yes.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> Boom. <laughs>
2: anyway, Nurgle fans will be very happy. It's a big a big, pustular beast. Yeah, it looks with three like a, on an it.
1: ape and a worm mated. Yeah, that's
2: what you get. Nice. So, I think that these kind of mortoks are called the Maggot Lords. Is that right? Mm, I maggot? think so. Which is kind of weird because that's what Tamakon, That was Tamakon's name in the in the Tamakon book. The, he the, maggot, was the lord? maggot Lord. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Well Cause, that yeah cuz that's how it starts right with a maggot and it yeah, kind of takes Tam- over
2: Tam- your... Yeah. himself is not actually a he's, he's like this little gross worm who just lives inside the body of whoever. Oh. And that's is...
1: why that's why he was able to like basically level up into an ogre. Yeah.
2: And then uh, like stargate? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. So okay. anyway, so these new guys are called the maggot lords as well I guess. So huh? Just a nurgle thing.
0: I wonder and and so do we know is there is there like a prime big character that this is well this
2: is i'm really i'm kind of confused about this there is there is um i keep hearing the name glotkin glotkin around yeah glotkin
1: is coming okay and the what they what they've shown is that he's been um hidden in plain sight there's actually a poster of him up in games workshops right now
2: but is that the poster looks like this new the mm. new beastie is
1: coming out no it's it's definitely it wanna, it's definitely different
2: it's different yeah
1: from what I've seen so um, I think that Glock, he's going to be kind of the same I think he's going to be another big you know Arachnorok sized riding a Nurgle beastie hmm. ugly thing Huh. But that's that's what I've heard. Cause so I keep could hearing, be wrong. Could I keep,
2: keep wrong. hearing Glotkin being thrown around, which is conf- like I mean, I thought if a chaos book is coming out, it's going to be all about Arcan, right? Yeah,
0: you would if think. Unless, unless there is, well, well,
1: they said they said. Um, yeah, uh, geez, they were breaking it back down here. Let me see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find the, the latest rumors, guys. Let's <laughs> look. You look them up.
0: Meanwhile, I'm going to speculate a little. Mm-hmm. So um, these uh, putrid blight king guys can be used by both warriors of chaos and demons of chaos and beasts and and beastmen can use mm-hmm. them too. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, so all the chaos factions can take them. Okay, and it's going to be the same. And it's the same with the big the big guys too.
0: Ah, interesting. So so are we expecting then some kind of, you know, unifier of the Chaos powers? Yes. 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 Like the Undead Legion. Is that going to be Archaon then? I mean, it was probably. the Storm of Chaos. It was Archaon, right? Mm-hmm. He's the ever-chosen. He's the dude that's right. kind of behind everything. Yeah, right?
2: and the whole, the first book of the End Times, the Nagash book, sets up Archaon as the... As the man? Yeah, as the leader of the incursion yep. from the north.
0: So are we expecting more Nurgle stuff beyond this? Or is it going to be like two weeks of Nurgle and then there's going to be like two weeks of... I was
2: expecting sh- it to just be these two weeks of Nurgle, but now if Glotkin is actually coming and he's Nurgle, then, you know, if we have this triple kit, which is the lieutenants of somebody, yeah. then you've got to have the somebody whose lieutenants they are. Yeah. And they're all Nurgle, so it wouldn't make sense for them to be Archaon's lieutenants.
0: Unless he has lots of lieutenants? Who knows? Three from each. Who Three knows? from each faction This is seems all speculation.
2: Lot, yeah. I mean, the, the rumor that I, I heard was that the Chaos Legion, whatever it is, rules are not gonna give you um just blanket access to all the Chaos books. It's gonna be kind of mono Nurgle army, Cult of Slaanesh, which combines Slanesh with dark elves. Yeah. So that's that's a rumour. That, I don't know if it's true. I mean
0: I think that would be better because I think that would be better. Just allowing warriors people free range. They're already top strong. tier already. Yeah.
2: So you're gonna have warriors with two skill cannons. Ugh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like they need it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be good and interesting because then you started to get more themed armies. Exactly. um,
2: I would rather they not just allow you to take whatever you want from Chaos. I know you'd probably like it. Hmm. (laughs) You just want people to bring in whatever collection of models they like. Yeah, as long as they're painted, I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and I know that Anthony, our resident demon player, is busy working on his third demon army. Nurgle? It's Nurgle. Mm-hmm. And he's apparently in, in a bit a little bit a little bit of a nurgle gasm because of uh, how much fun he's having painting the models. Really. And already, and now this new stuff's all coming out. So, I expect that Sparkle Party Five he might unveil
1: his uh, Nurgle? Oh agent. yeah. I think he's he's on track to have it ready. I, yeah.
2: Last time I talked to him. All right. Interesting.
0: So, so that's a bunch of
2: speculation yeah, and rumors. That, that was a bunch of speculation. Yeah. Where are we going? We're, we're going to speculate uh, yeah, about Yeah, we still Anthony. we don't really know what the what who is, uh, who's the Nagash of the new book? Basically, right. is it going to be Archaon? Is it this new Glotkin guy? It's, yes. Okay.
1: So here, here's the poster.
2: So now we're looking at the poster of, and what rumour guys are the saying head, is Glotkin. The
1: head of the beast is completely different. You think? To yeah. me, that could just be the new beast.
2: So. to me that could just be anyway. Huh, interesting interesting things in weeks to come. Yeah.
0: So so there's that. Um and then there was the the, the dots that you were connecting earlier or that, that other people were connecting, um, where you know, there's rumored to be four major releases related to the end times. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first one was Nagash, mm-hmm. which is obviously death themed. Um, and then the second one is... Seems to be pretty Nurgle-heavy. Nurgle, which is, so you know, pestilence. themed themed um, Which means, you know, if you continue with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, that gives you... Yeah, wo- death, pestilence, war, and, and famine. famine. Yeah. So, um. and uh, that would be interesting.
1: Ricky thinks
2: it's all coincidence.
1: Oh, I, but... I think it is just coincidence, because those armies were already that anyways, or those, you know, and I think that they were able to pair them together like that, Um but I I think that's just a coincidence of how they line up. And I do like it. I think it's cool that you can make that alignment, but I just think it's still a coincidence. All right. So here's what they're telling us. <laughs> End Times, Chaos, three weeks. The one that we're in right now. Blight King's Gut Rot's Spume, yeah. Maggot Lords, which is what is coming out tomorrow yeah. this weekend. And then week three is Glotkin and the End Times Chaos book. Okay. Okay. Oh. And then we go through some Blood Angels. And oh, this then... is all
2: new. This is a, a long...
1: Yeah this is the the Q4 rumored releases okay. okay then we go through some
2: blood angels so that means our, the chaos book is coming out with just the Nurgle release. With just that's those Nurgle a, models. Yeah. Ar-
0: Archeon has a model though. Right? Archeon has a model yeah, and it's a cool model. It didn't, model,
2: it didn't yeah. need to be redone. Yeah, and If any
0: model needed redoing, it was Nagash. And I actually, <laughs> exactly.
1: from what yeah. I've heard, Archeon yeah. is not being redone. Yeah. One of the rumors I heard, they were like, he doesn't need to be redone. I'm totally fine Why? with that. The yeah.
2: model's awesome. But I know there was, people were hoping that this Chaos release brought some other things that kind of need to be redone. Like there was rumored... To be a Chaos Dragon kit with Egrim Van Horstman. Yeah. like an old character. So
1: after the Blood Angels, which oh, apparently yeah. is only one week, there's a Chaos Part 2 Ooh. for two weeks. Okay. The Chaos Wave is not believed to be linked to the End Time series, so it is expected to have dual-use models for both Warhammer and 40k. Usually... Usual suspects listed in Rumor Chatter of the Greater Demons, but there is talk of Nurgle getting much more love from the studio this time uh, around than the other three anyway. powers. Great Unclean One Chatter is higher than the others suspect.
0: So, I mean, the Great Unclean One has been the weakest of the Greater Demon models for a long time. I mean, it's really tiny. The Forge World one is, is pretty good. Um, but really big and chunky and, and solid resin, solid resin and expensive as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could absolutely see them doing a great Unclean One kit. Um, yeah, um, but you know what would what else would they do? Who knows?
1: Yep. Okay. So then after um, Chaos Part Two, we're going into the holiday bundles. And, and I think and terrain, further out than this is terrain, just pure speculation. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're probably right. Uh, terrain special deals and last, um, more hobbit stuff. A Hobbit release, yeah. yeah oh, there's gonna be maybe. some Hobbit. Ooh, uh hobbit, then January is gonna see End Times three, book woo. three, featuring the Skaven.
2: Yay. and some additional. I chaos. do believe that. I believe it has to be Skaven the next book. Yeah. That's such an end times race. And I yeah. can
1: see Skaven like Clan Pestilence getting a big push on this one um to famine. pair to pair famine
2: horsemen of famine to yeah. pair with <laughs>
1: nurgle um uh, yeah. so because they're, they're saying some additional chaos picks up uh then necrons <laughs> early mid q1
2: and that's that's all i have as it goes. and then to go into the realm of pure speculation apparently the last end times book is elves with dark with the dark elves and the
0: high elves combining huh Interesting. So the, the sundering is being unmade. The unsundering?
2: Kind of the unsundering. The I mean, ran- The first rendering, isn't that what it's slight called? Slight spoiler alert. Yeah. The first End Times book already hints at a kind of alliance between you know, Teclis and Malikith, Yeah. A kind of cahoots about something. Anyway, so mm. there's a lot of speculation we just threw out there, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Week. It's going to be interesting. I'm just interested to see the week three of this current Chaos release. Yeah, I whether really the, hope the book comes out cuz I want it to be used. Well, the book is called Glotkin then. You know, cuz the last mm-hmm. Who knows? It seems like yeah. if they're all going to be called after somebody. I and was it might expecting not be. That this one sort of would be pattern. I mean, yeah, the first own. one yeah.
0: was Nagash because, you know, he's kicking off the end times effectively. Yeah. Um, but you know, this could be who knows what else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I just want it to be out in time for Sparkle Party, that's all I want. So I that people want. can use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
2: exciting times ahead. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Just, you know, Just before we move on from talking about the end times, I did want to just ask you guys your opinion about something which you know people have been talking a lot about, which is that does end times count as official Warhammer rules now, or does it just count as a supplement that you know you agree on with an opponent and use it, or has this is this a fundamental change to the game? Is that how you see it? Or,
0: um, I think like any game if you don't have the book, how can you use the rules? Right. Um, and so um, it's just like, you know, when when tournament organizers organize their, their players pack, um, you know, for example, Ricky always says, well, you can take uh, bound monsters and and uh, uh, sorcerer's packs from the storm of magic. Mm-hmm. So that makes it the rules, right? For that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um so I think, it's, I think it's the same with the end times. It's like yeah. if if you're playing uh, with an opponent and you're both happy to use those rules, that's
2: great. If you're playing at a tournament and the tournament is using those rules, that's also great. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, if somebody just said to you, you know, meet me on Saturday, 2,500-point game of Warhammer, I you would, would assume, have, assume that you're building a list to uh, standard conventional Warhammer specifications uh, still. Big rule book <clears throat> no allies and army books. That's yeah. the only thing. That's kind of how I see it too. But yeah. some people are but saying the word that... under
1: the current system or right now because there is that limbo. I would always ask, but yeah, right. I would assume mm-hmm. that you're yeah. just doing the normal, yeah, eighth right. edition book stuff. I yeah, think.
0: yeah. Um, so uh, it's hard to t- it's hard to know, right? Um, and we'll see what happens when uh, when the next book comes out because. Sure. They could say, "In the end times, now chaos gets to do this stupidly ridiculous thing, because <laughs> they're not stupidly ridiculous enough already." Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. We still don't see them winning a lot, so. <laughs> uh, you don't see them winning a
0: lot. <laughs> Everybody
1: else does. Oh.
0: Just because your night goblins can rampage all over any yeah. warrior's army.
1: Just bring on the chaos. I'll More take on that later. <laughs> yeah. yes. Actually,
0: that is a perfect opportunity for us to segue right into the tournament. Tournament
1: Tournament zone.
3: The Tournament Zone.
0: All right, so uh, just want to briefly cover um, the last tournaments we went to since um, since we last podcast. Uh, one was Victory or Death, which is a new two day GT that's going to be run again next year, um, held up in North Vancouver, run by the Chump Hammer guys. Um, so if you haven't listened to the Chump Hammer podcast. Um, and you don't mind harsh language, uh, you should uh, tune in to those guys.
2: Um. But only if you have time for more than one Warhammer podcast.
0: It's true, right? It's true. Chances are, if they're listening to us, they've got time for at least two because everybody else listens to Garage Hammer mm. before they listen to, mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> so check out Chump Hammer if you have time for more than, two pod- <laughs> more than two Warhammer podcasts. I feel like it's the Spanish Inquisition. You know, <laughs> our two main weapons. Um, so... <laughs> yes, so uh, we, we traveled up myself, Ricky and a couple of other guys from um from the Seattle area, Anthony uh-huh. and Ryan and uh Tiffany came along to Squire For us. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was I thought it was a really great event. Um we were in, Yeah, I loved it up there. It was we were fun in time. The, the Chop. Um Chop is the is the no- the North Vancouver Warhammer Club. We were in their main uh, headquarters, which is like a, a Eagles Lodge, Eagles, yeah, social lodge, whatever they are. So
1: yeah. cool, such
0: a
2: cool space. It was a great space. Yeah. So it's like a social club kind of thing. Yeah, that they have? they're
0: like you know the Eagles are like like the Rotary Club and the and the the Lions and the Elks and all those other types of. Um, social clubs that, that exist that you're looking at. I have no idea on. what you're talking what about. That, kind of Is like this the like Masons. Some eyes wide shut kind it's of It's like thing, the Masons, like... but without all the craziness. Like... Without the spanking. <laughs> <laughs> without the spanking oh. and, the, and the funny handshakes. Doesn't sound so fun. Uh, yeah, you basically pay your dues, get cheap beer, and a free room. Mm. So that's okay. yeah, yeah. what how it goes for them. So so they hosted the event. Um, they have um, a whole bunch of scenery. It's the same scenery that they that was well. A lot of it was the same scenery that was uh, used for Wet Coast. Wet Coast. Yeah. Um So it was seems good, to be the same guy. Good good quality. Um, they had, uh, I think it was twenty eight in the field. Um, it was twenty five hundred points. There was there
1: was. I was trying to pull up the uh, spreadsheet. Teeny but the...
0: teeny teeny tiny bit of comp. I don't think there was was there a comp uh there was a there was definitely a uh players pack that clarified a bunch of the rules yeah hmm. yeah because um,
1: dale's pretty good about that kind of stuff
0: but i don't know if there, was there any actual army comp
1: i i don't think there really was i think there were no, no was there like four special characters that weren't allowed no that was wet coast so, was that wet coast yeah no
0: i don't think there was any comp no, yeah i don't think, I don't think
1: he had anything i think it was kind of just bring whatever but it was all vanilla books you know yeah, yeah. yeah. army book yeah,
0: um, And then he had uh, secret scenarios mm-hmm. um, for Those are e- fun. each, but everything was, was everything uh, battle line?
1: Uh, everything was essentially battle line, and then there were objectives that we, each player placed. Yep. Uh, or there were three objectives that we placed, one or, no, there was one dead center and two that... Each person placed one. Each pl- person placed one, plus there was a secret mission that we would... Uh I think there was 6 and we were, he gave yeah, us
0: and you had you picked one for each time. We ended up
1: using one each time. And, and they kind of changed the the way the game played a little, tiny bit yeah. but not really. Mostly it was like uh kill their general or kill their highest wizard or whatever and yeah. so it's usually stuff you're trying to do anyways but some of them were kind of fun to try for. Yeah, yeah. And, and
0: then you could also claim uh one extra point for each piece of terrain you owned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up so to, Up to five. So I think... It uh, kind of oh, became
1: oh, a land grab at the you know last turn of the game. Yeah, you and, and it up. was
0: win-loss-draw. Um, so 20 points for mm-hmm. a win, um, I think, was it 11 points for, or 10 points for a draw and five for a loss or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, the maximum you could get was, I think, 43 when everything was all said and done, um, and with the minimum being um and it was a field of 28 there was a wide range of of players there in terms of um like there was one guy who i think it was like his fourth game of warhammer mm-hmm. um and yeah um, um uh right the way through to you know um all the regular tournament goers um so i, I thought it was great um there was good food nearby um atmosphere was really good Mm -hmm. um prizes were great oh yeah yeah i like how they did the
1: prizes too that was fun there was a lot of raffle prizes um charity raffle which was fun ricky and i I cleaned up on that somehow (laughs) took most of them home (laughs) um
0: and as dale was saying at the end of it dale's the guy that organized it um the americans um who came up uh donated most of the charity compared to the canadians which is why we ended up winning most of the Mm, prizes yeah um, and then, um, they had a big sword, um, and a medium sized sword and a little sword for the one, two, and three for general, uh, for overall. overall. Yeah. yeah. And then they had like resin dragons for all
1: the best. Yeah. There show. were trophies for all the best of different yeah. things. There was, yeah. uh, two for painting, one for general and one for overall or no one, one for, for, um, sport? sports sport. Right. Yeah. So, so it was great. There um, were a lot of, yeah, a lot of prizes handed out.
0: Yep. Pretty um, great. I brought Ricky Skaven. Um, long and the short of it is um, I lost my first game and then submarined my way to table one for the for the <laughs> end and, and took home the big sword, um, which, you know, uh, I, I was feeling kind of good about because um, the Canadians came down for Sparkle Party 4 and I didn't play in it and Tom, you didn't play in I it. I didn't play in it. Zach didn't play in it, um, you know, so like three of our top kind of Seattle tournament players didn't play and uh, Canadians came and cleaned up and kind of went, oh, we're so much better than everybody else. So <laughs> I was kind of glad that when we went back up, uh, you know, I, I came in first and Anthony came fourth and Ricky came sixth overall. Yep. Um, so it was like, you know, we had a good showing. Um, and
1: I know I, I came in sixth, which, <laughs> which is just awesome. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. Uh, I don't but, know why
0: that happened. But, uh, you know, to be fair, you got, you got what? Two Warriors players?
1: uh was it two? Sure. did you get jordan and big pet mm, i just got big pat just i didn't big get pat? jordan no okay yeah just I, just the one warriors, i had a but... lizard man i had an ogre i had a high elf yep. and wood elves. a wood elf and then the oh, warriors
0: okay yep so yeah and and for me i took your cheaty face list um the Skaven with the bell and the, and the assassins and the double yeah, A bombs. Yeah. And I did write the list for him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did. So was really, first...
1: really I won the tournament. <laughs> uh,
0: it was my first time playing. Would this you have Skaven, pushed them so... straight
2: forward as skillfully as I <laughs> did? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have made more mistakes, but
0: <laughs> that's pretty much all I did. Uh. I pushed them forward. I lost my first game because of the banner of the world dragon. It's uh. like everything I had that could do damage had magical attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second game was against a new guy who just gave me an entire line to double charge with a bombs, wiped out his whole army in like two turns. Um, so I, I, it wasn't any great skill on my part. It was <laughs> it was a filthy list and a lot of dice rolling. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in at the end, um, it, I cheated to win the last game, as I found <laughs> out. Um, Casting the dreaded 13th into combat, which Ricky had assured me was, was <laughs> absolutely fine to do. You should never listen to me. I cheated everything, apparently. <laughs> uh, the
2: d- dimensional cascade team, we're going to get known as the filthiest players yeah. on the circuit. Uh, I- I'm okay
0: with that. You know, we're awfully charming, good looking, and our armies look great. So you <laughs> can get away with a few things. Yeah. yeah. yeah um,
1: you know, I, like I said, I, I can't remember how, I, how we used to play it um back at the GW store but I think we just allowed it to happen into combat. Yeah. I so, mean cuz there's so many limitations on that spell anyways.
0: And it's a 25 and, to cast.
1: And it's a 25 to cast and people I think overreact to that spell. Yeah. But the the fact is it has to be infantry. Yeah. The fact that, you know, it sure it can do 4d6 like casualties. Yep. But
0: that's still less than what Dwellers yeah. can do, for That's example. still a
1: lot less than yeah. what a big Dwellers or a big Template can do. Yeah. And it takes a 25 to cast. Yeah, And I think people tend to just overreact to that spell because That's they true. feel so helpless against it.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah. And I think uh, knowing that I couldn't cast it into combat, I probably would have hung back for a turn or two. And because he had it anyway. Well, like he had and... big units of infantry, right? Um, yeah. He had yeah. a big unit of ghouls that really, if I had hit that with the spell a couple of times before they got into combat, would have been much more beneficial for me anyway um anyway you cheated cheated my way to the top and And, uh uh, and took home the big sword (laughs) um so lesson learned um if you want to win you have to cheat Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) or be canadian or be canadian
0: uh so so that was victory or death um hoping that that will definitely be run again next year yeah, depending hope, on how yeah. we organize the masters that may be part of the masters circuit next year i we'll, sure hope so yeah. we'll see it was
1: a really well really well, well run, run, run 10 run. Yeah. run tournament uh really fun crowd yeah great space
0: yep so i got to i got yeah. to play one of the chop guys i got to play pete and i hadn't played any of the chop oh i'd played dale once before the Chumphammer guys i mean yeah i'd played dale and i got to play pete i still have to play pat
1: I, I just need to play Pete still because yeah. yeah. I played Dale at uh, Godacon, That was the first time I'd ever even met those guys. Yeah, I played Dale at Gatacon yeah. too. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I, I beat Dale because of cheating again. Um, <laughs> not actually cheating, just casting Dwellers <laughs> Below on turn five. Mm. And it, oh. went, it went from a stomp on on his part to oh oh my gosh you just rolled sixes for all your characters and they all went, <laughs> <laughs> they all went down below uh, well, that's now the game, that kind now the of game is mine get behind. yeah that's fine <laughs> the cheating within but that, the world.
1: Was, cheating that was within within the, the, that was yeah. with the old wood elf book too so you know what can you say i miss yeah. my old wood elf oh yeah. just start playing with the seventh edition book then <laughs> yeah yeah you should yeah
0: Okay, so that was Victor, Death. Um Next one we went to was the OFCC team challenge. Mm-hmm. So the three of us went down uh, along with uh, Ronnie Cox, who is... He played our fourth man. He was our fourth man yep. um, because Taylor is is still... Uh, I mean, he has his Dark Elf army fully assembled. We just needed to get him playing some more games. Get him, we need to get him back on the mic.
2: Yeah. Back on the mic, we must have lost a contingent of our female listeners since, yeah. <laughs> since Taylor left the group. Yep, all three of them stopped listening. <laughs> um,
0: so, so yeah, we um, we went down there with uh, with Ronnie. Tom was the captain. So I was captain of the team. Tom, yeah. talk us through what uh, what OFCC was. What there.
2: OFCC is all about. So it, it was the first time we've been, and it seems the OFCC group is quite a tight knit group. It seems they have their own way of. Of playing, that's very much more focused on sportsmanship than we're used to. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound very good for us. Yeah, but like you know, um, we like to cheat. We like to, <laughs> we like we like to bring, take hard lists. We like yeah. to bring filthy lists. Yeah. You know, it's just um, yeah, they put much more focus on um, friendly play, kind of. Yeah, um, we. You know, we play, we're all very friendly to each other, but we do it while trying bringing to, filthy yeah. lists. Bring, and bring tr- the pain. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying to bring uh, the pain. We like, so,
1: we like being mentally challenged. That's yeah. the thing. I, yeah. I think that... So will... I,
2: I'm sure those guys play competitively a lot of the time. It's just OFCC in general is a the time they all meet up and play a uh, slightly, slightly friendlier Warhammer, and um, yeah, which so... as an outsider coming into is kind of a a difficult thing to get your head around a little bit when for you're sure. used to playing in a, in a particular way. Yeah. and It was know.
0: it was definitely, I mean, a lot of the people who were there, it's like their seventh year going or eighth year right. going. Um, it's been running for like 11 years or something. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot of these people only see each other once a year and it's at OFCC. And they only play Warhammer, you know, three times a year. And one of those times is OFCC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, Going into it, you know, we submitted kind of pretty much, to, here's
2: our tournament lists. We're going to a tournament, here's our <laughs> tournament lists. Right. And and it's a subjective comp. Well, we we all kind of toned down our lists a little bit compared to what we would bring to like a face-stompy tournament. Maybe Aiden didn't. Maybe I didn't. I toned mine down a little bit because we were told, you know, the list is supposed to be a little softer. But I don't think we really understood the degree to which we were supposed to soften, Yeah. which, you know, is partly on us because we didn't, you know... Think about enough about what this event is, yeah I'm um, and partly just because it's a kind of thing you don't really know until you've been a few times because sure. it's entirely subjective comp yeah. they yeah. have this a system where you submit lists and then people look at those lists and decide whether it's friendly enough to, to be an OFCC yeah so there's no they had strict guidelines like for chaos dwarfs you can't take three Mag cannons you can't take two destroyers yep. it was at 2800 points so i could have mm-hmm. taken two destroyers so there's some hard guidelines like that yeah so i guess we thought as long as we build our lists within those hard guidelines we're good yeah um whereas they wanted you to kind of go much towards the softer end than that so yeah yeah
0: and i think in the end um we we must have got it about right because I think on battle we finished in the middle of the
2: pack. Exactly. So we did. You know, after getting initially a little, some bad reactions to <laughs> our lists, um, I so mean, I, I ended
0: up taking out taking out the screaming bell and a level four. Yeah. Right. right. Here yeah, you go. Yeah. Here's my list. Now had, I've got no, had no magic. level
2: one wizards. And, yeah. Yeah. So we had a little back and forth about the lists. Um. Which at the time, you know, this was all done online, so at the time, it, you know, some of the comments that were made about our our lists could be read as kind of aggressive, whatever. Yeah. After meeting those guys in real life, I don't think, you know, yeah, th- you know, there's no hard feelings event, about any and of that. Understanding, you know, what understanding a little to better. And the event itself was awesome. I think I had a really good time there. Enjoyed all of my games. Um, so I came away from that event with a much, uh, a much higher opinion of it than I did going in, just based on you know these rules about lists mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It did all. It all seemed to make sense. Yeah, and the for par- the event itself,
0: the pairings for the um, for the team events were, were kind of more on you know get the two captains together and decide what are going to be the four best games we yeah, can play. What are going to and... be fun
2: games? Yeah. Which like I had never been to a team event before. Um, but going into it, the kind of mindset, being a, like a competitive player, my mindset was that, you know, I try and negotiate for uh, games that I think my team can win. right? Yeah, of course. You know,
0: like in... It's a comp- competition, right? Yeah, That's in what you ETC,
2: want. you would, you know, you pick... Yeah, uh, you ha- There's a different system for kind of setting matchups, but it's all about trying to min-max your players against lists they can beat. Yeah. So I kind of had a similar mindset but then it became obvious that, you know, you're supposed to actually pick lists that match up fairly against each other. Then yeah. then how did I keep playing uh Chaos Warriors? Everybody re- everybody
0: requested to play <laughs> against I d- you. Yeah. <laughs> some people requested
2: to play you because they just wanted to see your army, which is awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, some people you say we have a goblin army and the captain's like, "Well, any of my any of my armies can beat that, so yeah. take your pick and I'm like, okay, okay then the Warriors, pick Warriors. <laughs> 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 Because so, turns out Ricky's army is really good against Warriors. Over yeah. the last few tournaments that's something that has been documented. I think you're like learned. six and oh against Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah.
1: I don't think uh Yeah, I don't think I've lost against Warriors. I've taken a draw. Yeah.
2: Anyway, long yeah. story short with OFCC, I think it was hard to get into the mindset of it. Yeah. But when we did and re- and like worked out, you know what it was supposed to be about. Then it it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It was two days, five games, all done by these by these pairings between the captains. And um, we played against two of the auto auto fanaticus teams. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because day Alpha day one was all all challenges, challenges. All challenges yeah. yeah, and we played against the Black Sheep guys from yep. Salem, yep. Oregon. Right.
1: Yeah. Those were great guys
2: to play with. Yeah, those are really fun guys to play mm-hmm. with. They had a pretty yeah. Our pretty day good...
1: one was uh our day one. We didn't even really get a chance to make any challenges. We were easy. we were challenged out. Yeah, we uh, were challenged out we, by everyone mainly because yeah.
2: people just wanted to play against Ricky's, Ricky's army. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: And then uh, day two, uh, it was more based on pairings, and we played. Um, I think we played against a, a scared scared hitless. Was that the name? Scared
2: hitless. I don't know. I can't remember where those guys are from. I don't remember either. Mm-hmm. I, think I played a wood elf list from that yeah. team. I played against their lizard man, and then and then
0: chop, uh, chop was our last game. And yeah. uh, those guys. Uh, <laughs> ironically, the guy that I beat at victory or death on table one and cheated against, uh, <laughs> he, he got his revenge <laughs> just, against
2: me. <laughs> Who decided he wanted retribution for yeah. <laughs> yeah. cheating? Who didn't yeah. let you cheat this time?
0: Uh, no, in fact. Uh, he got the better of me with the cheating in this one.
2: Oh, he did? Yeah, he did.
0: Um I think because uh we we had a lot of confusion about who got to strike when with uh uh there was a combination of things that had always strikes first and things that gave things always strikes last and mm-hmm. uh yeah, anyway. Uh as it ended <laughs> up, uh it wouldn't have made a too huge difference uh, one way or the other I don't think, but uh yeah, he won that he won that one. So so
2: you're one and one now.
0: Yep, yep. Mm. And um so the results on the OFCC. um Yeah, so we, were... we finished
2: middle kind of middle of the pack, um in the, the game in the yep. battle points, which I take as an indication that our lists came in at about the right level eventually, yep. apart from Ricky's, which has broken cheaty. Yeah. Cheaty goblin list. I'm yeah, curious. four
0: and one, um, I think you were yeah. <laughs> And then <laughs>
2: So yeah, they they didn't post uh, an actual breakdown of the results because that's yeah. not supposed to be the point of our FCC. You know, yeah. you go and have fun and everybody wins. No, they just posted the, the rankings. Yeah, they yeah. posted the rankings. So we know that sportsmanship, we came fifth. Yep. out of how many teams? Twenty like two. Twenty two teams. Yeah. So we're pretty fun guys to play against. Apparently. Guess, so even yeah. me. Even, yeah. Even me who didn't
0: win a single favorite opponent vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas Tom with his magic hat won two.
2: Oh yeah, I got my I got two favorite opponent votes. I'm pretty um, sure
0: somebody meant to give one to me and accidentally gave it to you instead. Maybe, yeah, but, maybe. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it there. I, st- um, I still have them actually.
2: So I think they put uh, quite a big emphasis on the sportsmanship yep. in terms of points because it is a, a sporting event. Yeah, and um, so we came fifth in that. We came fifth in that, and then we came first in the patent category because <laughs> we had two armies painted by Mister Fisher.
0: That's right. I I, I brought Ricky Scabin. And not only did I put out the 2,800 points that I was playing with, but I put out, like, all the rest
2: as well. Whenever, <laughs> on the display. On the display. That's what
1: I do with the goblins, too. It's, it's yeah. like, yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything it's... you've painted.
2: Yeah. So we had those two beautiful armies. We had some chaos dwarfs that somebody had thrown paint at. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, and army. my army, which was not completely painted, but what is painted is... Pretty decent yep. standard. Yep. And then, and then uh, Ronnie. Ronnie's got a fully painted. Yeah, Ronnie's got a fully zoning. painted yeah, pretty looks good pretty standard. Good. Yep. Ogre army. Um so that pushed us up to the uh first place yep. in painting, which overall brought us in at second.
0: Yep. Second overall which, behind yeah, second the over Warhamsters of Bellingham. The so. Bellingham
2: Warhamsters. Yeah.
0: So I think coming to it, it, it for the first time and and coming in second is pretty good. But it, it's kind of weird for me because I want something either to be competitive or to be not about competition at all. Yeah,
2: don't even post points. Don't post know, Don't anything, even give yeah, prizes we're there for to fun. We're there for fun. Yeah. Do a random raffle for prizes. Yeah, and or whatever. whatever. Yeah. It um, does.
0: It's some weird mismatch of.
2: The fact that you know there's going to be rankings and prizes always puts you in a competitive mind frame anyway. And if yeah. it completely, if there was just no rankings at all, I would, I would play in a a different way i yeah. mean i'm never gonna play warhammer and not try to win i'm just gonna put that out there yeah that's not yeah well, that's not me and if i'm playing against somebody who's not trying to win i'm probably gonna have a bad game yeah because i want it to think and i want it to be tactical um so i'm always gonna try and win but as yeah. long as there's rankings i'm gonna try harder <laughs> yeah yeah for sure right exactly now, you...
0: yeah so um Looks like next year will be a little different. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, we're talking so, about Swedish comp and yeah. stuff like that. So,
2: so I, I enjoyed the event a lot. I would gladly go back. I, you know, dimensional cascade podcast team should go back and represent again. Yep. yep. Um, the only thing that I think I, I, I kind of like the idea of having an event that's more about fun and friendly play, but they just need to take the subjectiveness out of the whole list building thing, which seems like they're gonna do by introducing the Swedish comp. Yep, yep, let's hope. Um, And then, yeah, it could shape up to be a really cool event. Hopefully they'll start getting more and more teams going and it'll keep growing.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, those are our events we've been to recently. Let's talk about ones that are up and coming. Um, Firstly, in December, um we have Sparkle Party Deathmatch 5. Um actually before I go into that I'll just give a very quick shout out to Kippers, mm-hmm. which is um next weekend, the weekend before Halloween. Um so the twenty-sixth, I think that mm-hmm. is. Um that's up in Nanaimo and in, in uh, Vancouver Island. Um so that's Jen Aspen is running that and um That's uh, by all accounts apparently uh, a great event every year. This is like the fourth year they've been running Warhammer up there, I think.
1: Yeah, and I hope I get to make it up to that next year. Yeah, this year it just didn't work out because I originally it had Sparkle Party for that weekend as well. Yeah, and then yeah,
0: we've had to move the date because of construction. So let's talk about Sparkle Party Five.
1: Sparkle Party Five is December sixth and seventh now, Um, hosted at. Uh, we're back at Card Kingdom, but we're back at a new Card Kingdom over in Bellevue. Um, They are currently still under construction, and that's one of the reasons that, well, that is the reason the date changed. Um, They needed to push us back once, and then they were pushing us back again. So we're getting pushed back. Um, They were telling me sometime late November, i I decided not to do that because that was going to interfere with Bellingham Slamwich and Thanksgiving. And I'd rather us not try and compete and uh, with the holiday or the other tournament. Mm-hmm. So um, I pushed it to early December and hopefully people can make it to that. It's going to be two days, 2,500 points. Um, we're using the... Uh, N times army composition points bracket. So, 50, you know, 50% lords, 50% heroes, 25% core. You know, all that other stuff. Um, the uh, undead legion is allowed. The lore of undeath is allowed on any caster. And if the chaos book comes out before Sparkle Party, even if it comes out that day. <laughs> and somehow you show up in the morning with a list written that morning, I will allow you to play it. So um it's uh, as far as I'm concerned it, it's it's all about playing the new stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> any
2: rule that anybody from GW yep. ever wrote um, <laughs> is all it,
1: you know it it is uh, the last masters qualifier of of the year, but um my my tournaments are always going to be about what I would want my tournament to be, not about the masters. So there's going to be some craziness going on there so <laughs> come with a good attitude about that and you'll have a good time. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. All right, cool. So, um December 6th and 7th in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Um I think the new venue is going to be called the Mox Boarding House. Yeah,
1: it's the Mox Boarding House. They supposedly he he was telling us room for um 56 players, but I'm still going to go for 50. Okay. Um we are uh Let's see what else was I gonna say? Oh, scenarios are going to be uh the deployment is random, you roll a die, there's a high probability for battle line deployment with a slight probability of either battle for the pass or meeting engagement deployment zones. And those are just for the deployment zones. And then on top of that, each player has secret mission cards. Um and you'll be using we'll be using 20 nil four of the battle points and then scenario cards will earn you up to five more battle points. And then there's a high, um, a high amount of points to be earned on painting, um, as you would expect from me probably. And then, um, some sports points, uh, we're also doing dimensional cascade points for those people who
2: haven't heard about that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love this. So it would every...
2: be pretty funny if somebody qualifies for the U.S. Masters just by having that wizard blow Yeah. Yep. So what it is, every time you
1: dimensionally cascade, um, you earn points um, based on the number of uh, dimensional cascades you've already had in the tournament. So your first dimensional cascade is one point. Your second one is two points your third one is 3 points and it's um cumulative so you by the I, time you by get up to time the fifth I've one? Had three you get you yep, got you're six, up 6 points, points. <laughs> uh, so by the time you get up to five dimensional cascades i think it's like 20 points or something. That's 15 15, and 15, and 20 15 points for points. 6 yeah, yeah. so bad. you know if you're throwing six dice every chance you I'm get sorry. you might be able to get two or three the whole tournament yeah. you know i don't really see anybody getting up to five but if they do um they're awesome. <laughs> nice. They deserve those
0: points. Yeah. So wizards will have gone down the hall. <laughs> I,
1: I I anticipate Aaron being able to accomplish this with yeah. his yeah. two dice with, <laughs> with his two dice on the first turn of every game with his his Maybe vampire with his lord. Slan. Yeah. His yeah. <laughs> vampire <laughs> lord. Yeah. Either yeah. his slan or his vampire lord. Either one. Doesn't doesn't yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, cool.
0: So like you said, that's the last um, two day mm-hmm. um, for the masters. Um, the Ham Slam which is the last one day um and those are the last two qualifiers so once we have once we have fought out the Ham Slamwich in Bellingham which is i think November 21st 20th sometime mm-hmm. around then um and and Sparkle Party 5 um the top 8 ranked players uh automatically qualify to go to the Masters for the Northwest region um and then um they also get invited to the King of Cascadia tournament so, King of Cascadia is going to be January 3rd and 4th, and it is split into um, two tracks. Um, so, there's the King of Cascadia track, which is the eight people uh, on the Invitational, and then there's the open Hero of Cascadia track. The Hero of Cascadia. <laughs> yeah. Um, Athen of Cascadia. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Well, so the idea there is that that is um, a final chance for people to compete for the last two uh, master
2: spots. In an all or nothing In an all or nothing,
0: yep. So whoever wins that that tournament um, gets the ninth spot.
2: Automatically.
0: Automatically. And then the 10th spot goes to whoever is the highest ranked player after those other nine have been taken out of the picture. Hmm. So um, e- e- even if you don't do well on uh, at the King of Cascadia tournament, but maybe you are ranked ninth um, going into it, you may still qualify um, to go to the Masters. Um, okay. No, it's entirely possible that the top eight players um, or whoever else might not be able to make it to that tournament might not be able to make it to the Masters that's why we have the ranking systems we'll just go down the rankings until, so we, get right the, the list. Yeah, until we get the right players so
2: this is your, your bright idea for building good team spirit among the Northwest team is to throw them all in to play against each other in a competitive environment well, <laughs> for <a> title <laughs> of King of Cascadia <laughs> absolutely and in fact um,
0: I'm using all of the same rules as the Masters itself so, mm. so it does it'll be Swedish experience. comp um, um, it'll be the you'll be using the master scenarios, which means um, every deployment is battle line, but you've got five scenarios that you choose from um, at the start of the game in order to earn extra victory points um, and uh, it uses the, all the master's FAQs, etc., etc.
2: What did the masters decide about uh, paint scores or soft scores in general?
0: OK, so um, it, the way that they've done it is um, the national champion award will go to the best general effectively. Um and then there's a another award called the Warhammer Paragon, um, which goes to best overall. Mm, okay. Um, so as as I said, you know, that pretty much means everyone in the Northwest is competing competing for the Paragon Award and that's really care about the national champion because that's kind of how we view the world. And I think Mm -hmm. the Midwest are kind of the same as well. I was talking to Dave Whitech
2: about it. And the East coast are all about the battle points. uh,
0: East coast is certainly that way. There's a couple of other regions. I mean, as a, as a set of regions, we voted five to three, um, to say against paint points being used to decide the national champion. So there's, there's three regions who, who voted for, Mm. we were one of the Midwest was another, I can't remember who the third was. Um, but the other five just wanted to use, um, um, mm-hmm. battle points. So um, we'll see how it goes. You know, this is obviously just the second Masters. Um, next year, it could be different. Um, I think, uh, you know, next year, it'll be in a different location. You know, there's a lot of things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the Masters has got a charter now, which kind of decides, you know, it helps people know how do we, how do we choose chairman? How do we, you know, um, make changes to how the Masters is run, all that sort of stuff. So, it's starting to become a little bit more organized. Um, awesome. I, was, I was helping out with the FAQs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like for example, since the last masters, we've had the dwarf book and the wood elf book, right? And I think another book. And so I like added in all the wood elf FAQs mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
2: So, so the the masters FAQ is something that deserves a little shout out actually, because it is kind of rulings on a bunch of unclear rules. By a group of people who have really thought about and debated this, yep. so and people were talking about it on the Auto Fanaticus forum, and a guy made a really good point there, which is that you know you may not agree with every ruling that was made on the Masters FAQ, but at least it sets some guideline that you can follow in your game, and yeah. you know if you decide with your opponent to use the Masters FAQ then there is going to be an answer to pretty much every exactly. inconsistency that comes up. Exactly. Whether you agree with it or not, whatever, at least it's a rule set. You can understand. Exactly. And, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with how cannons fire, but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't stop me from, uh, you know, having to suffer it every time I'm, I'm facing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same idea. This is just, you know, a few, and, and to talk through a little bit about, um, how the process went for the FAQ. Cause I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so the master's is based on, um, is using Swedish comp. So we looked at the Swedish FAQ, um, for, cause they have a fairly comprehensive one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we used that, um, in a bunch of places. We also looked at the ETC FAQ, um, for a lot of the same sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then where neither of them had a ruling or, um, they disagreed with each other, um, that was when the three of us debated about it, um, and uh, in general, it was kind of like, "I think this, no, I think that oh you're right," and then we agreed, and it was done mm-hmm. and there was only one or two where we actually you know got online and and had a good old you know talk through and and a couple of them, mostly what we try to do is avoid rewriting the rules sure um just interpret take the interpretation and say, you know this is how we've we've had to interpret it, but there's a couple of places where like the rules. Just don't exist or they're contradictory, um, and we've had to say, well, we'll make a ruling mm-hmm. and, and say like in uh, in this in this way so right. okay, so that that's that's kind of the masters the masters um will be february twenty first and twenty second uh, or thereabouts that weekend in uh, North Carolina um it's a six game gt four games on day one two games day two Ooh, day one that's so day long. one starts at like eight o'clock wow. um, yeah that's gonna oh, that's, well, a that's a gonna... test of stamina that it, day It is. it is um <sighs> can uh,
2: you can you make it into that fourth game before getting sloshed <laughs> yeah <laughs> is the real question
0: Yeah. um so there's that um and then uh, that was again voted on and and i voted for five but uh um I think uh, everybody wanted um, a better indication of of who is going to be the master, um, and so there's there's six six games, um, and and then next year uh, we will vote on who is going to host it, and, mm. and people will be able to bid for it like Olympics style. Oh. Um, so that's all still being decided exactly how that's going to work. That's um, a cool idea. So. Yeah. Um hopefully we'll get it over to the west side of the country and uh you know that'll make some of you know especially people over the, this half of the of the country a bit more excited to potentially sure. compete for it. So
3: The hobby Horse
0: <laughs> Working with big kits. So a uh, part of this was inspired by all the new big kits that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um part of it
2: and actually, so in the, the one of the white dwarfs recently, they in one of the white dwarfs recently they had a whole section about it, but characteristically for the new white dwarf didn't really give any actual useful information. <laughs> so, here's like, some pretty pictures. Right, exactly. Here's pictures of somebody gluing their like kit together. Well, hmm. At least they weren't gluing their fingers. Tip That's true. One. Tip number one. Yeah, they didn't say how to to of not one. glue <laughs> their fingers, so, which is really what we're going to focus on here.
0: Okay yeah so let's let's uh talk about it um you know th- i think there's there's a couple of aspects but we'll talk about assembly first um you know normally with assembling a unit you go through and you you clip all the pieces for the unit that you're going to assemble you know you you prep them all and then you know you know, assemble them like you make that sort of assembly line to get them all mm-hmm. all done and obviously that's that that tactic can't work for a monster you're only making the one
2: of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually in, in a way it's kind of simple you don't have to use any creativity about like what combinations of arms and poses you're going to do in the unit and making the unit look good as a whole with the monster like most of the the big gw kits it's like you glue it together and there's a, f- a few options but it's but, modeled by numbers yeah, yeah. exactly you're yeah. just going to yeah. stick together the correct numbers so we're following along to this point. Yeah. Sticking the numbers together is pretty easy. Yeah. Um, so,
0: but but this is this is actually a a pretty good question. Do you do you clip all the pieces or do you, you know, do you just clip uh whatever pieces you need
2: to make the first sub assembly? I I generally get a little overexcited when I'm <laughs> following these kits and like I'll clip a new piece off oh, and I'll immediately can't stop will no I, no, the other way around. Once I've got a new piece, I want to glue it to whatever I already, <laughs> whatever else I've already glued together. So I'm going one piece at a time, clip it off, like take the mold line off, and then glue it onto what, whatever. Yeah, that's already. what I do, too. Yeah, that's yep. what I do. Because especially
1: the new ones, like some of them, like the the Treman Durthu, mm-hmm. when I was working on him, if some of those pieces are so organically right. shaped and only fit together in one way. Yeah. Yeah. And if I was to just clip out a whole pile of them and then sit there and try and scrape, I would never figure that out. So here's the thing,
2: particularly... So I assembled a gyrocopter yesterday slash this morning... And um, for anybody assembling the gyrocopter, do it the way I just said, one piece at a time. Because there's like five pieces that look essentially exactly the same, but are just very slightly different. And you're going to need to fit those pieces on in the right Mm -hmm. order. And once you've clipped it off, you're not going to have any clue which one is number 24, 25, 26. Whatever. So you need to cut off number 24 yeah. and stick it exactly where number 24 is going to be before clipping off any of the other ones.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually becoming more and more the way for these new digitally sculpted kits, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. small or large, you know. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so, so we're going one piece at a time as much as we can, uh, and uh, trimming, uh, clipping, trimming, and then assembling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Um, Let's say uh, we should we should take an example um, of a kit so that we can we can sure. kind of use it as an example. Let's um, let's say we're doing um, the stegodon. Stegodon. Okay, so um, we're doing a stegodon, and you know we have we have clipped off the head parts, and you know it's got like what six or eight. Parts to make up the head and neck, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: think I think the heads. Yeah, if you count the horns, then yeah, about yep. six to eight. Yeah.
0: So we've we've put the head together one piece at a time, um, and there's gaps. Do we green stuff it now, or do we wait until we've assembled the whole model before filling in those gaps with green stuff?
1: Mm. Mm. Well, there are no gaps on the Stegodon hit, but <laughs> if there were, generally
2: the plastic kits are incredibly good for, yeah. for gaps. I have. To I, say. Would, I would I would say
1: um I I would green stuff everything after because you're going to find that a lot of stuff might be hidden yeah. anyways, mm-hmm. and it really won't show. Um, so you wait wait till the <clears> end before yeah green I stuff. usually
2: wait till mm-hmm. the end to do any green stuffing. Um, so so most models I would generally construct in like two or three sub assemblies depending what the model is. And I would I would build all those sub assemblies and then look to see what, what needs some green stuff. Yeah, on so it. Yep.
1: again in the case of the Stegodon, when I did mine it was the Stegodon itself, the beast, um, the howdah, uh, itself, um, just like the wooden parts and the metal plate on the front. Um, the great big ring, the stone ring that was separate and I painted that off on his, mm-hmm. as its own sub assembly, and then all of the skinks riding it were painted as their own, like a uh, on, so on a little peg. Let's talk about these yeah. sub assemblies.
2: Like, yeah, you're
1: jumping way. We're ahead. going way ahead to sub
0: assemblies. Paint? Whoa! <laughs> whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So so still still on the assembly side here. Um, how this are you? This is where you get covered in glue. This is where you get this covered, glue. covered glue in glue. Glue is the question I'm about to ask. Mm. Actually, how are you gluing them together? Do, do you uh, use plastic glue? Do you
2: use super glue? Always, I always use super glue. You always Probably. use super yeah, glue. That's yeah. your
1: problem, right there. Really? Yeah.
2: That's the problem.
1: That's the main problem. I I found your plastic
2: pl- glue like would always just which plastic end up glue? even so, like GW plastic glue. Oh no! It's too, oh, amateur. No. Yeah, yeah, no. But it kind of melts the plastic a bit. So if if bits go together and oh, what? Have we, okay. Rick is showing me a product here.
1: Yeah, this is it's plastic. It's a plastic product. They're the people who make all the styrene plastic. And it's called Plastic Weld. And it is just like the GW one. It uh, dissolves the plastic a little bit mm-hmm. and actually forms a weld of the plastic. Now, this is another thing why I never have to worry about filling gaps. If I ha- If there's a little bit of a gap in a model, when I do the dry fit, I can see where that gap is. I brush a little bit more of this on in that spot. I squish the part together. And it fills the gap for you.
2: Yep. But it's going to be covered in glue. No, it's no, not. There's going to be glue it's not. everywhere. So yeah.
1: this stuff is thinner than water. That's oh. the difference between this stuff and the GW stuff. This is mm. has yep. a lower viscosity than water. Is that a little and brush you, you paint And yeah, and mirror. it's <laughs> got a little brush, so you can brush it on the the mm. contact points of the joints, and then you can put put it together, and then brush, run the brush just along that seam, mm-hmm. and it flows in through. This, what is it? Uh, surface tension or yeah, viscosity whatever. properties, yeah. but uh, whatever gravity, physics. physics, physics, physics,
0: physics, physics. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> Ricky's so, beating his microphone
1: here. While yeah. He sorry about to... <laughs> that. So, um, so it flows in there, and okay. that's what keeps the glue All right, off pro- your Let's fingers. mention this product's name one more time it sounds awesome. Um, Plastruct Plastic Weld. We'll put a link to it on okay. the forum. Yeah, it's about um, five or six bucks you can, a bottle. Yeah, you can order it from Utrecht. You can order it from Dick Blick. You can go and buy it at just about any hobby shop except a GW1. Mm, yep. Um has this. Yep. so. Yeah, um, Galaxy Hobbies, all those have them. They're an orange bottle. They're a glass bottle with an orange label that just says Plastruck Plastic Weld with a Black Lid.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things that are really that's really good about this and this particular product. And there may be other you products You use this that have, too? Um, I have used this in the past. Why do uh, I know about this? So... Because
2: I'm well, too busy gluing. <laughs> gluing myself You're together. too high on super glue to pay <laughs> also, attention.
0: GWS plastic glue used to be very like this. They used to have a brush applicator, and it used to be a lot thinner. Um, so I mean, this could be like 20 years ago. Um, anyway, so so the, the I think the those are the two key properties. Though is that it, do, it Obviously, it melts the plastic, um, but it's thin. And and you can apply it with a brush, mm-hmm. so there's an amazing amount of control you get because you've got a brush, right? If you think about what you do with a model, most frequently you're brushing paint on it. Sure. So you've you've developed those fine motor skills for actually applying stuff with a brush. You don't get your hands totally covered in paint when you're painting. And it
1: uh. <laughs> and it and because the way this stuff um activates and and does a, a hold so fast, I, I can't like sets. Yep. Like it, it takes probably a couple hours to truly harden, yeah. but it sets so fast that you can literally just touch them together and you're done. Yep. So even big models with big heavy parts, touch them together, done. You don't done have to enough
2: s- to go on to the next. next yeah, bit. straight yeah. on next to the next one.
1: You don't have to sit there and hold, hold. it like you do mm. with with super glue. So I watch whenever I watch people assemble plastic models with super glue and they're sitting there for yep. like thirty right. seconds yep. holding every arm on. I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. Get get this product. Brush it on, done. Yeah. If you have a gap, put a big fat drop in there. It'll dissolve enough of the plastic from the surrounding areas to smooth out the gap.
0: Yep. Great. Great for seams. Um. You know, mm-hmm. like if you if you've joined like two like the belly of the beast. You know, your stegodon. You've got left half, right half. You mm-hmm. stick them together you You paint along that seam, and like you said it goes in it melts it just just a little capillary action that's um, the term yeah mm-hmm. and and the other nice part about it is um it it sits if even while it's still drying what I'll do is i'll I'll take a file um and just kind of gently rub the file along that seam and smooth that seam out with the file of okay. yep you can do that yep. or
1: i've even if you do end up getting some kind of like say your finger touches it part that was still soft and you leave your fingerprint on it just take this stuff brush it back over that softens it back up and smooths it out wow so it it's great it's um it changes the way that plastic models are going to function for you the best part you don't have models popping apart
2: because yeah. that, are like they're, welded. Welded. they're I, welded the
1: models will break at some other point besides the joint mm. so yep. um so mm-hmm. because of that you got to make sure that you really want it glued right yeah <laughs> That's in that the thing. position Sometimes, so dry fit yeah. everything before you go and, Sometimes and glue it.
2: Sometimes I have to, like, crack, crack the super glue yeah. apart when and, I realize I glued something yeah. in the wrong and place. And you
1: can usually, sl- you know, if you didn't put enough of this on there, or you can do small amounts, small dabs. Sometimes I do that where I do a small dab to get the joint just to hold enough, uh, like, just to tack it together. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm sure that that's where it needs to be, I can just brush across the whole joint and it'll fill it in and welded in place
2: yeah all right i feel like this product's gonna change well and the other thing i've done with this is
1: um i have used like i said you can use it to melt the plastic on either side of a small gap i've actually used it to fill big gaps by taking styrene Mm -hmm. like a shaving of styrene or just shaving some off of the sprue like the actual model frame shave off some of those cram it into the thing and then brush this on there and that welds it in there mm-hmm. and actually fills those bigger gaps with real plastic instead of green stuff and
2: can you really just use like a tiny bit yep yeah that's good
1: yeah and you know like any anything that breaks like um say the my the uh doom wheel is a good example the the flagpole at the top of that um has broken twice in two different places jesse broke it once when he borrowed it from me And then Aiden broke it again, but it broke at a different place and I never had, it didn't break, it didn't break on the same break point and I didn't have to pin it because I used the plastic weld. I just brushed it on, squished the thing back together and it was stronger than the, than the rest of the plastic. Okay. And then what that, it also works great because if the model's already painted, it doesn't haze around it like super glue does. Sometimes it'll give you that white hazing. You can brush yeah, this oh, on. You can brush this on, and as long as it can get into contact with the with the plastic, it'll stick. So sometimes what you might need to do if you're painting sub assemblies and you've painted over the contact point, just take something and scrape off the paint in that area, That's or score bit. it. Mm-hmm. Just score it again, and that'll let the let the bond happen.
2: Okay. So now we know how to glue our models together. Without getting
1: fingers. yeah. So
2: this can't glue fingers together because
1: nope, they're not no. nope. You touch it on your skin and it just it's like water. It is because. not
0: it is not actually a glue, it is a plastic solvent. Yeah, mm. it's a solvent. So. Yeah. Right. so don't be painting it on your models. Um, don't be breathing it a lot. Unless you want to oh, nurgle them. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know?
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, don't try and use it to strip a model for sure. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: Okay. All right, so we've worked that out. So, so worked, now we want to work out how much of the model are actually gluing together at a time yep. before we before we do any painting at all, yep, right? Yeah,
0: for sure. So we're still talking about plastic kits here. We'll maybe cover a little bit about other yeah. materials at the end. The peculiarities
2: of metal and resin later, Yeah,
0: plastic is kind of the de facto standard for big kits, now for big yeah. kits. So, okay, so, so sub-assemblies then. Um. Sometimes I think the the instructions that you get in the in the little booklet, uh, they tell you to make the sub assemblies um, explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they are now, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know, it's like hey, here, make 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 the head. And make the right body and then stick the head to the body.
2: Mm-hmm. See for me there's like a fine line because I usually want to play with my models before I actually get around to painting them. So I have to keep my sub assemblies in such a way that like the model still looks usable on the table or I can kind of clip the two sub assemblies together or whatever.
0: Right. And that that's definitely the tricky part is figuring out, you know, uh can I put this piece on and still be able to paint all right, of it and exactly. still reach? Um, and, you know, uh, so I'm kind of interested, Ricky, to see how you've handled that in the past, because I feel like I can predict the answer, but I want to... Have you run into that problem? Wait, wait, wait. Well, Ricky
2: doesn't play with models before they're painted.
0: No, but more... <laughs> yeah, that... I do. <laughs> yeah, <You do? laughs> yeah, No, more that um, you've got... You've got uh you know say there's six sub assemblies for the model mm-hmm. um do you just stick them all together, or do you how do you handle the need to paint a hard to reach area
1: um for me, the question comes down to does is the part that's being covered very visible um, so sometimes sub assemblies uh make it easier to paint into up and under stuff but uh from any any normal viewing um angle other than in a light box you probably won't see up and under those mm-hmm. things so at that point it becomes a question of um how anal are you going to be are you going to paint up and under everything or are you just going to assemble it and not worry about it and Ninety-nine percent of the people who critique your model aren't even going to notice.
2: So you'll really stick most of the model to get pretty much the whole model. Uh, together, like Durthu, you
1: know? yeah, mm-hmm. he was fully assembled when I painted him. Um, the Stegodon, no, okay, because there's, the, you're right, you right. Because don't want to be there's gloom, parts, there's parts you... that are very visible, but that are hard to reach around everything. Like you don't want to try and paint. The howdah with the skink standing on top of it because there's a lot of detail in there, a lot of highlighting you want to mm-hmm. do edge highlighting edge highlighting when you have to reach down through the legs of a skink is going <laughs> is, is going drive you crazy, so what you do is you just leave all those parts
2: separate and then paint them and then glue them right so so with me yeah, I'm always looking for like what's the maximum amount of gluing together I can do while n- I don't mind if I'm going to glue together and it's going to make painting a little bit harder, but if it gets to the point where it's going to make some painting job really difficult, impossible, or just really difficult to do the level of detail I want to do on that part, or if it's going to end up giving the model some shape that's going to be, when I'm actually trying to paint it, it means that... Paint is going to get scraped off certain yeah, parts yeah. as well, so, so that's I, another thing. And, we're going and that's to, a lot of
1: that's going to come down to individual uh, how you skill paint, and really? and, yeah. and you know if you know how you how hold, ham-fisted you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and you know how how your brush control is right. and stuff like that. So if you know yourself and you know you don't have that kind of stuff very well, then maybe do more sub assemblies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and again, just make sure that do a dry fit and look at the model and be like, does it really matter? Am mm-hmm. I re- are people really going to see up and under that part or not? Right. Yep. And um, if if the answer is not, then don't don't kill yourself. Yeah. You know.
2: So um, to give an example here, my my Kadai Destroyer, which is the forty k Forge Fiend mm-hmm. kit, Maul Fiend kit, I guess. Um, I really stuck pretty much the entire kit together, apart from the, these big like smoke stacks that are on his back, and I knew that once those are glued on. It makes it very hard to kind of turn it upside down and get into the underbelly area where I want to paint um, without kind of scraping paint off those smokestacks and stuff. Yeah. So Yeah. I wanted. I've been using that model unpainted or semi-painted in a lot of games now, so it, it had to be to a point where I could actually play with it. Yeah.
1: But, yeah.
0: So so that actually segues nicely onto the the painting part of it. So mm-hmm. now you know with it with an infantry model or you know anything where you fully assemble before you paint um obviously you pop that onto its base and then you can easily you know manipulate the model without yeah you have a base to hold on you've to you've got yeah. something to hold on to but with a sub assembly you know it doesn't come with a base right. right it's
2: just a big chunk of plastic
0: and you have to paint 100% of it. of it yeah so so Where do you um, put your greasy literally fingers? how do you handle it yeah yeah
2: literally <laughs> Ricky <laughs> Me? Yeah, yeah okay. I can't give I'm terrible at this. I scrape uh, paint off. I I can tell you what I do but uh,
0: Okay,
1: hear, uh, uh, the the man. number one thing to do is wash your hands you idiots. <sighs>
2: <laughs> every time
1: I every time before I sit down to paint, I wash my hands.
2: Yeah, me too, but my pa- my hands get really sweaty when I'm painting. <laughs> well you, you Stop might being so English. Do I need like a little finger bowl? <laughs> yeah, maybe to you need to, a maybe you with need a slice something. of lemon yeah. in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Something. Um, I can't tell. Yeah.
1: yeah, get up and get up and wash your hands throughout the session too. Come like on, man. I, I drink a lot of tea when I paint, so I get up to pee probably every hour <laughs> and I wash my hands. And that keeps keeps the oils off your hands. Don't touch your face. When you're painting, you know people will sit back and rub their face or their head or whatever. Don't do that because that goes straight onto your model.
0: So all of those and nerdy, odious habits that we all have—we have mm-hmm. we've got to stop those when we're painting. Yeah, fabric. and
1: and the thing is, is those finger, those finger oils, face oils, all those strip the paint off the model mm-hmm. faster than anything and make other paint not, not stick. Right, because you're painting so, on top of oil mm, rather than on yeah. top of paint. So you need to you need to be very conscious of that. That's going to help quite a bit with that stuff. The other thing to do is. Do a part of the model. When it's when it's a sub-assembly where there's nothing to hold but the actual painted parts, I usually will paint half, varnish it with a matte varnish, satin varnish, gloss varnish, whatever mm-hmm. varnish you want to use. Then let that cure. Then paint the other side and do the same thing and you varnish between the varnish protects it right keeps you from scraping it i've also taken grocery bags like the plastic grocery bags and you can hold models with that or parts of models with that because that plastic is so thin and delicate stuff doesn't really stick to it it doesn't damage the paint like you've seen how i always bring my models here it's always packed in those things because they're they just are really easy on the paint they don't scrape it off Mm -hmm. um Whenever I'm building or painting something really big, like say the actual stegodon body itself, I would build a nest of those and cradle it in that. And then that keeps it from rubbing on the table, keeps it from scraping around, things like mm, that. So, that's really good. And I, if whenever <laughs> I was helping you do the base coating on your uh, kadai, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you see how I put the foam down and then put the paper towel down on top of that to No, it? I wasn't
2: paying any attention. Yeah, so
1: it. I always build mm-hmm. a little nest for whatever because at the point the model becomes too big to hold consistently mm-hmm. or easily, or you know, you start you start to feel strain in your hands and you need to rest it on something, yeah.
2: then you need to build a nest for it. That was a, I painted the the gorgon for the beast men mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different sides on that to paint. So I would paint like the fur down the back and then when painting the front i would have to rest it on that back fur while painting the mm-hmm. front and then i turn it over and all sc- pe- the paint is scraped off yeah back, so, so yeah build those little nests and build do it with s-
1: and try not to do it with uh if you do use paper towel make sure it's one that's not uh really scratchy cuz some paper towels can be pretty abrasive make sure it's a soft one but i i prefer the plastic bags cuz they're so, so a nest of plastic bags yeah.
2: so next time i'm at trader joe's just yeah. Steal a load you of plastic bags. Anymore, yeah, you can't yeah. get plastic them in Seattle Yeah, you can't get them. You can get the little ones that your vegetables go well, in the yeah. little green yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know, if you get takeout, they can still give them in takeout. But yeah. or you, you know, it doesn't have to be plastic bags. It could be something soft and cushy yeah. that doesn't that isn't going to like um, shed a lot of fibers. Like if you're using cloth, you might end up getting cloth in your. Yep. You don't want those. So just think about what you're going to be doing, mm. um, mm-hmm. and. That's the best thing I can say is build the nest and varnish, and then that's going to help quite a bit.
0: So when you varnish, um, I know you use an airbrush for a bunch of stuff. Do you airbrush varnish on? Do you ha- no, hand paint? I've never had
1: on? any luck with airbrushing varnishes for some reason. Well, first of all, most varnishes um, are toxic, so you don't want to uh, you don't want to atomize those. Yeah, um, a lot of them say straight on the bottle. Absolutely, do not <laughs> spray yeah um so of course you shouldn't (laughs) Um, and read the label (laughs) safety first (laughs) and i've noticed when i did on some of them that were supposed to be airbrushable they still um uh, would turn sandpapery even on an airbrush like they they just weren't they were setting even before they hit the model so they set too fast and um i just did not like that effect I've always just brushed on varnishes okay gives me um I mean cuz you're not you're not worried about um there's there are instances where you're going to be you know maybe putting a gloss varnish on some eyes or gems and then around that you might have a matte varnish but in general varnishes don't you don't need to keep clean margins it's clear Mm. you know so you find it goes on easy enough even with yeah and it goes on easy and quick with a brush you want to keep it thin don't Mm. water down varnishes you if you start watering down varnishes that's when they turn hazy on you so keep i always just use
2: a spray can of varnishes yeah that works too yeah i just do a gloss coat and then a matte coat yeah the gloss is the strong one yeah. So but yeah, the... the
1: gloss has a much stronger surface mm-hmm. than the the mats. And yeah. So like rattle cans of varnishes. Those are
2: yeah. I use the testers, yeah. testers gloss coat and testers dull coat. Yeah. In that sequence, and yeah, I never have problems with yeah. Yeah, that's the good the way to do it. So now just me.
1: start applying Doing that, that as you sub assemblies. Yeah. As so yeah. now even now with your Kadai, because I don't think you've worked on it since we did that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You could varnish it now. And that's going to help. paint that. on top of the
2: varnish? Yeah. You
1: can oh, yeah, paint on yeah. Top yeah. Of the paint right on top Absolutely. of the varnishes. My trolls. In fact,
0: there's whole techniques about doing
3: that?
1: Yeah. My yeah. trolls were done with probably, there's probably four layers of varnish on my trolls. Oh, yeah. With varnish at one point and then washes and everything and more paint and then varnishes and then, yeah. And that's the only reason that they don't get chipped up because they're those old so metal much. models. Mm. There's so much varnish on there holding them together, right. you know? <laughs> so you got to. Um, so, if you're running into those issues where you're scraping off paint, yeah, just get some varnish on there that's gonna help quite a bit yep mm-hmm. um for
0: the paint on varnish um what uh is there a particular type that you would recommend over
1: um I use i I have probably four or five different ones that I use uh the one the mat I prefer is the Vallejo yep. I do like the little Vallejo matte. Um right now I have the hard coat from GW for yep. gloss and yep. I do like it. It's pretty thick so you can get it on gems or eyes or whatever, teeth. I like painting gloss varnish on mouths. It really brings them to life. Yep. So if you um you know use that thick gooby stuff it kind of just goobs right on there. Cool. And the the good thing with varnish is in, in when you're working with it um, you only need it to be on the, the top surfaces, the ones that you're going to bump and touch anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unless you're trying to do like, yeah, oil washes or something like that, then you need to have the gloss varnish there. But yep. um, otherwise.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so paint half your sub-assembly, varnish it, then paint the other half, yeah. varnish that.
2: While nesting in plastic bags. Nesting
0: in plastic mm-hmm. to protect Or
1: it. you could get um, rubber gloves.
2: Rubber gloves, yep. Rubber gloves. Mm-hmm.
1: Little surgical gloves. Yeah. Mm. Those oh, are, a really box cheap. of
2: those are like, Five bucks. five bucks. Five yeah. bucks at Walgreens. They're really
1: cheap. Yeah. Get the ones without the talcum powder in there, though. You don't want those. Yep. So. Okay, so, so so that's... Well, I learned a lot.
0: That's yeah. great. Thanks. So yeah. that's, that's, that's assembling, um, and then that's painting, and or sub-assembling and painting. Um, so now you have, um, theoretically, you have a um, partially or fully painted set of sub-assemblies. Mm-hmm um and you need to to assemble them all into the final mm-hmm. the final thing mm-hmm. um so um do I mean, are there any kind of things that you're likely to run into there i think the biggest one that i've run into don't in the strain, past don't try and stick
2: paint to paint is the paint to paint doesn't yeah. stick well
0: so you're going to have to ahead of time identify where is sticking to what Mm -hmm. and not put any paint so i always use or varnish
2: right i always use a little bit of masking tape like from the very beginning when i've decided what my sub assemblies are i'll put little bits of masking tape on where they're going to go together yeah so right before i uh prime even and then paint it, that little pit has always been covered by masking tape then i pull it off and i have a pristine little bit of plastic that can be glued yeah that. Yeah, totally. also, that's a
0: good idea i've actually used um blue tech you know the sticky tech mm-hmm. um because then what i'll do is i put the blue tech on and then actually dry stick it together um and see is that if i apply glue to where this blue tech is is my model actually gonna stick
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and so sometimes i'll do that and then take it off and there's the blue tech still there yes it's stuck you know, mm-hmm. there's definitely been contact and and just leave the blue tech on there. But I think taking the blue tech off and putting the masking tape on would probably be better because sometimes sure. the blue tech gets in the way. Hmm. Um, any other things on, on making sure it's easy to put it all together at the end? Um,
1: no, I usually I don't usually worry about painting over a contact point. I just paint over it and then either scrape it off or score it, and that fixes it mm. for me. Yep. The scoring is high, way more effective than scoring it so yeah yeah, maybe
2: this segues nicely into into dealing with those old metal kits yeah putting together yeah so because i had never heard of this the scoring method that ricky talks about well i know i know what scoring is but i never thought to do this to a metal model i was my mindset was very much stuck in the whole kind of pinning yeah Uh, yeah
1: pinning um is far too labor intensive and it doesn't I, i i see you Pin joints break more than scored joints all, consistently. Um, I don't think pinning
2: actually makes a joint all that much stronger. Yeah.
1: No, unless you're doing it perfectly it by the book.
2: The the reason I would do pinning mostly is because if I didn't pin two big bits of metal together, I would literally have to sit there for yeah. an hour while yeah. like holding them glued together. Yeah. An hour is an exaggeration, but you know when you have a pin in there. You can basically just put your glow and put them together and then yep. it's going to hold itself together while it dries yeah. and you're not just sat yeah. there. So
1: the, the scoring is something I, the first time in my life I ever encountered it was um, ceramics. I took a lot, as a kid, I took a lot of um, ceramics classes and you would always score two pieces of clay that you're putting together because it increases the surface area and lets the platelets lock together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same principle, even with a metal model. What you want to do is you take the the two contact points of whatever you're working with, and I do it with resin models too because it really makes the resin stick together. Hmm. Um, and the fine
0: cast uh, accepts the scoring easily enough?
1: Yeah, fine cast, you really, it's such a porous resin, anyways. This glue is really, it glues easily. so fine, anyways, but I still do it sometimes on big joints, with yep. even with those. But um, metal models, I score. I take the two contact points. I dry fit them together. I look to see where I need to score. Anywhere that the that isn't showing, I go through and I take a hobby knife, just a regular Exacto or whatever, and I create um, a very very fine, but pretty deep cross hatching across the whole thing. And I usually do um, one, two, three, four different angles. Um, all parallel lines so it comes out being just this really messed up scratchy looking and if you touch it with your thumbnail after you do that it should snag your thumbnail or your your you know fingerprints should snag on it and you're like ouch almost and that creates tons of surface area and not only surface area but three dimensions of surface area so that the glue actually has something to purchase on and it can create Really strong bonds, and so if you do that on both sides of that joint, slap your glue on there, your super glue. It'll also make it so you don't have to hold the joint for as long. You put, you score it, you put it together, you wait about maybe five seconds, and it's holding. It's done. You do that without, you do it without the scoring. You're going to be sitting there for ten minutes because the glue has nothing to purchase on.
0: And it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because what you what you think of in your head is oh, if I get two perfectly flat and aligned pieces and put a little bit of glue in there, it'll all just stick wonderfully well, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you, you're actually what you, a lot of the time, if you, if you don't know about this, you're trying to, to get the two pieces to line up as flat and and perfectly parallel yeah, and as Yeah,
1: people actually end up doing the opposite where they'll file it down and try and make it smooth so that there's yeah, no smooth. gaps. Yeah. And that creates, you know, the exact opposite of what right. you need.
0: yeah so so that's one way of working with metal i find also the pinning um pinning is not something that i do to to hold things together but more to provide support in an area where gravity is working against you mm-hmm. um so for example tails is uh you know is is a, a common spot where you know maybe the tail's gone up in the air mm-hmm. and uh we bending at a funny angle and um you know, that, that pin can give it a little bit of extra strength and, um, the pinning is, 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 it is a pain in the butt, especially it used to be a lot simpler when the metals were a lead compound, um, because <laughs> they were, so- they yeah. were softer,
2: yeah. um, the pin would go straight through that. Yeah,
0: exactly. But with, with the, pewter, the, uh, well, even pewter I think is a little softer, but the yeah. white metal that, that. GW uses um, use they don't anymore they don't anymore well you can still buy them yeah uh, like mm. uh, you buy war dancers they're still metal yeah you, you the know.
1: the stone trolls are still that yeah, yeah. um
0: it, it it's actually pretty hellish on your drill bits um, so mm-hmm. if you're using a little hand a hand drill um, you're going to go through drill bits because it's going to probably after about three or four pins um, you have really ground that because they're, they're they're tiny tiny bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and a hard it's a hard, men, metal,
1: and you're likely to bend it or break it. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and um, half the time you end up actually just using your broken bit as your pin because <laughs> yeah. because you can't get the damn thing out of there because <laughs> the metal's so darn hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you know, pinning is, is has kind of become a last resort. um yeah. For me, um, you can't it, the the pin holes need to be so small you can't even use like a Dremel. Yeah. Or anything like that. So um so the scoring is is definitely one great thing to kind of help deal with most of that sort of stuff um where i find pinning um uh pretty much essential is is helping it stick to the base mm. um because uh it just it stops friction from you know pushing it off if you've got a hole in the foot and a hole in the base yeah right um that's a Keeps good spot that to sheer do it. pressure it, from, yeah, yeah exactly
2: So yeah like since I've tried this scoring, it works so well. that I don't know if pinning is really necessary at all with metal models. The one thing that i still use pinning for and i think we'll always have to use pinning for is with conversions when i'm doing a conversion and trying to attach two parts that don't necessarily have like yeah, the right don't... kind of surface to fit together properly and i have to green point, stuff it yeah. anyway you've got to use the pin to yeah, get them together yeah. in the first place and then well, more what you're doing there is,
0: is building a skeleton right uh, you're mashing yeah, together yeah, bits yeah. that
2: don't belong together anyway so yeah, it's different then. for sure but, the pinning isn't dead entirely
0: yeah i was trying to say no no it's (laughs) it's not it It is to me (laughs) (laughs) dead to me it's it's something where you're trying to find uh alternate ways to avoid it as as much as yeah exactly as much as possible okay so so we have we have clipped we have assembled we've sub-assembled we've painted we've fully assembled we've stuck it to the base um basing these big kits right you got to do something is, spectacular on well a, here you, on you a know is, this is this is where we're, where I'm going with it is um when do you do the base? You do it um, as a sub-assembly.
1: Yeah, You do exactly. it as a sub I do the base separate. Yeah,
2: because once you glue a stegodon on, there's no way you're going to dry exactly. brush under there. Yep. Like, and look, look at my Kodai Destroyer, for example. I wanted to have like rocks and magma channels going all the way through there. Mm-hmm. There was no way I was going to get in to paint those channels yeah. with right. the guys yep. sat on there. Do them separate. Yep. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, how do you plan out the base then? Because, um, you know, it, it's, it's very straightforward with an infantry model. He's got two flat feet. And you've got a flat base, and there's not much wiggle room. And you, you know the tiny go, bit of space you've got, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with you know something that's on an arachnorock size base, you know that's that's a you know four inches by six inches. It's it's two square feet. No, twenty four twenty four square inches, not two square feet. Mm-hmm. But it's twenty four inches of space to kind of fill up. And you know maybe your your model is going to fill that base, but chances are it's up in the air or mm-hmm. parts of it are, you know, you've got a lot of space to work on. Yeah. So, so how do you um how do you figure out where it's going to be on the base, what you're going to put
1: in there, all that sort of stuff? well I, I guess that would be stuff you would do when you're planning the whole project. Yeah. I mean, normally you know what your base unless the monster you're building or the big kit you're building is the first part of your army. Um, you should already know what your basing scheme is. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna um,
2: I'm gonna build the model. I'm gonna build the model first or build the biggest sub assembly of the model first, so I know what the, yeah. the model looks like. Yeah. Put them on the base. Work out where the feet are going to be, and just mark that out with some little blobs of paint or whatever, like where those feet are going to be. Yeah. And then just see what space I actually have to work with and what's going to yeah. go in there. But
0: do you do the base? Um, I mean, I get it as a sub assembly, um, but do you do it as the last sub
2: assembly? You obviously don't. I did my base first because it seemed like a straightforward. Um, yeah.
1: I would probably do the painting part of it uh, last. Yeah, that's of probably true. Yeah, like on the big stuff, I think that's normally what I do. But I also make sure that it dry fits to the base or whatever scenery I put on there before I start the whole
2: project. For me, especially with, like, the Chaos Dwarfs, the bases are such a big part of the army. It's more like, like, with that whole army, I knew what I wanted the bases to look like with the magma and the black rock. Mm -hmm. And it's more like I picked the color scheme of the army and whatever to fit in with the base. So exactly the same with the big guy, the Kadai Destroyer. I made the base exactly how I want it to look to match the rest of the army. And then it's just trying to make the model fit in with the base. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it, it strikes me that, that, you know, with some of these models, um, you you won't really have a, a full idea of exactly where it's going to be on the base until after you've finished assembling it um, or mm-hmm. close on.
1: For the most part, the new digital ones, they're almost always given a, a super flat purchase. A lot of them have a little bit of scenic terrain that, like, yep. holds them up yep. or something like that. And so you can kind of mess with that and so many of the new kits fill the base yeah there's um even though there might be some you know open space underneath it but they tend to fill up that whole base Mm -hmm. so but yeah i think i think beyond you know i would do a dry fit like Tom says and mark out where stuff is going to be like where you might need to actually glue mm-hmm. and then throw down whatever. If you have a super simple basing scheme, yeah, then it's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. Just glue um, it to the base. Just and glue then. it straight on. But, um, you know, you can glue the, the base, you know, the base sub assembly to the biggest part, you know, or the feet subassembly, sure. and paint those parts and then glue whatever else on later. Mm-hmm. But, you know it just it's going to depend and like if you have a super complicated basing scheme like Tom's is pretty complicated then yeah you need to do it completely first completely separate um like my scaven basing which i really didn't put any thought into mm-hmm. um no yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just, just do
2: it, do it around I, the model once the models i, on I think
1: um in fact because the sticky the, the, the i use the vallejo textured sand um it's so sticky when you put it on. It actually can glue stuff together. Um, for the Doom wheel, I know that I didn't actually even glue the Doom wheel on. I smeared the base with that stuff and stuck the Doom wheel straight into it, <laughs> and it's done. It's yep. on there. Yep. And so, and then I just had to do some washes and dry brushes around the edges. Mm-hmm. So I know that like that stuff is really forgiving. So for those, yeah, it's not a no-brainer. Yep. You know, it just kind of depends on the model and right. your scheme.
0: Yep. All right. Okay, so um, we've talked you through assembly, um, sub-assemblies, painting, varnishing, um, scoring and pinning, and and then getting it all on the base and making it look nice. So um, is there anything else that we, we didn't cover that we think you need to cover for assembling a big or for putting together a big kit?
2: No, I think,
0: I think the last thing you just need to consider is... Uh, Chances are, if you're putting together a big kit, it is going to be a centerpiece or mm-hmm. something that everybody's going to look at um, because it just takes up so much area compared to other things in your army. You know, um, a, a big block of infantry will take up, uh, you know, obviously a lot of eye space on a display board or on the battlefield. But, you know, you you'd paint 50 guys Paint fifty guys in three colors neatly, and they'll look great. Sure, um, you can't get away with that with uh, with a big kit. Yeah,
2: we're, we're all simple creatures. The eye is going to be drawn to the to the biggest, most yeah, <laughs> most <laughs> the impressive Leptuous looking model. Looking model <laughs> on the thing, you know, <laughs> the model with it's the most boobs. Simple biology. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, beads
0: Yeah. So, so I, I think my last kind of piece of advice is is. You know, around taking your time with the paint job on the on the big kit, Mm -hmm. and the nice thing is, you know, as um, first off, a bigger surface area makes it a lot of the time easier to paint.
2: They put so many Um, details into these big kits. They do now. now. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Kind of a pain, actually. Like Um, the Gorgon, when I came to paint him, was just like the whole mane is full of little skulls and bones and stuff that you have to pick out. It's true. I I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's.
0: But but the other thing think. we have going for us is, you know, usually the the big monster is kind of the... It's something you really want to spend time on anyway because mm-hmm. it is, you know, yeah, and something it, important. And it it might even be the
1: reason you picked that whole army. Like, yeah. for me, the the big kits in the Skaven army were what drove, drove yeah, me to the bells, collect them. Like, the I, bells. I wanted to paint the bell. I wanted to paint the A-bomb. Yep. And, um... It just so happened that I also like the storm room and so that those three things sold, you know. But it was the two big kits that got me like, oh yeah, look at that screaming bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanna <laughs> I wanna push that forward. <laughs> yeah. So
0: And on that shiny tasty note, mm-hmm. uh I think I think we're done with the hobby horse. The art of war. Okay, so uh this episode's Art of War is is the uncommon common magic items or or as tom was saying beyond the dispel scroll Mm. so what we're going to do is rather than go in depth into every single magic item in the book because there's quite a few um want to go through the um each of the broad categories talk a little bit about the the very commonly seen ones on the tournament scene um And then talk about some of our favorites that uh, you don't see quite so often and maybe talk a little bit about um, why we've taken them or why we've seen them and and why we think they're cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is kind of just to to, um, give people, uh, you know, some hopefully a little bit of inspiration to try out some of the different magic items. I know I always find it fun whenever I'm playing against somebody and I'm like, I've never seen that before. What does it do? Why did you take it? You know, and mm-hmm. then and then they do something nasty to me. I'm like, that <laughs> was awesome. <Yeah. laughs> you know? Yep. I'm gonna Good use that stuff. next time. Yeah. All right. So so let's um let's start with the magic. We'll just go through in the rule book order and we'll start with the magic item. Uh magic weapons. Magic weapons. Mm-hmm. So this is the biggest section as well.
1: Um so stuff that you always see. Stuff we always see. I think we always see either. And this one, they're kind of the same thing. So I think these two can be paired together the giant blade or the ogre the blade. Strength swords. The strength sword. The um, strength sword. Yeah. I think we almost
2: always see those,
0: especially on elves who don't, exactly. but don't want to lose their always strikes mm-hmm. first. Re-rolls. Whenever there's a
2: benefit, yeah, the benefit of getting extra strength without having to take the penalty of mm-hmm. great weapon. Elves obviously benefit from it most.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Um, strength and then. Seven with rerolls to hit on threes, just every attack yeah
0: it's through. just it's just
2: nasty so the two strength swords or the three strength swords i guess you yeah see a lot. you
0: do occasionally see the sword of battle as well yeah. that's true um sort of Might. sort of might sort of might In sorry yeah, mm-hmm. sort of might um and then the other two that i see reasonably
2: frequently are sort of striking
0: um oh you see the sword of striking, sword of striking especially on the demon prince exactly yep yeah. Um, you see the fencer's
1: blades. Yep. You do. Reasonably That's the light.
2: kind of the, the defensive yep. uh, magic weapon. Yeah, yep. that's a really good uh, thing to give. Speci- right. I
1: like giving that to the Gray Seer.
2: Yeah, and it to wizards. Who, yep. It's an extra buff for wizards who can't get the armor. Yep. yep. It, people will hit you on fives, mostly. Yep.
0: And, uh, and you also see the sword of anti heroes quite frequently because Correct. it is both mm. strength and attack bonus. Yeah. Um,
2: kind of an anti-death star weapon yep for sure Hit a death star and you just get a whole load of attacks
0: okay so those are the ones you see pretty frequently um any that you guys uh would pick as ones that you occasionally take or have seen
2: i always take well not always i often take a shrieking blade i like that mm-hmm. weapon like let's see so one of the reasons to is to have magic items or magic weapons in the list is because of ethereal right yep a lot of ethereal stuff also causes fear so yep. the shrieking blade negates that i put it on a little hobgoblin con and he can go off on his own and charge spirit hosts and whatever and cut yep. through them so, I so like it.
0: and it's cheap it's only 10 points cheap yep yep cause fear that's a pretty neat one Ricky
2: uh yeah my my
1: favorite one is the shrieking blade too. I occasionally take the relic sword um I like giving that to somebody who's gonna be suicidal with the big things um but the <laughs> shriek have a shot <laughs> but the shrieking blade I think is is uh especially with the goblins or anything that's running outside of a leadership bubble um you you just don't wanna be taking any kind of leadership test, even fear tests you know my if my boss or war boss on a flying carpet fails his leadership on a on a seven, then he's weapon skill one. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the chaff that he was in combat hoping to destroy, he can't. So, um, yeah. So the, the fear sword always helps with that quite yep. a bit. So, yeah, but that's my favorite. Uh, and it's cheap. It takes care of the um, ethereal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I've just never really... I've never invested the points into the big, the big weapons. I mm. guess. Yep.
0: You know? Yeah. Well, when they when the weapon itself costs more than the hero, that's <laughs> it, yeah, that's yeah. Right. it yeah. kind of feels a little wrong, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so the one that I, I um, have occasionally seen and think has its place is the sig- the gold sigil sword. That mm. mm-hmm. um, would be the
2: other one I would give a shout out to. But...
0: Yep. Um, Because sometimes, especially with like. uh, Lizardman um, or ogres um, having something that can go at initiative ten. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're already high strength and uh, and um, good weapon skill to begin with, like a, yeah. a, an ogre hero or or a high right. number of attacks, like an ogre hero or a lizardman hero, and
2: it creates different yeah. initiative steps, which is why I'd really like it. So he- yeah. here's how I would always use it with the beastmen in a minobus, which is the unit of minotaurs with couple of characters in the front rank so I'd have two characters and a champion in the front rank Mino character minor champion can take a magic weapon so i'd give him the gold sigil sword he hits first then everybody directs their attacks into the champion because they can't kill the two characters kill the champion step forward and i still get maximum attacks from the unit as well so i've just gotten five extra attacks from having the gold sigil sword man this guy. God. <laughs> oh, we said the section what we weren't gonna to try too much of attacks. No, no, the no that's no, that's no, awesome no. though. No, that's that's With see, that's the thing attacks. is it's like it's a,
1: it's one of those super cheap small small magic items. Fifteen points for the gold sigil sword to turn something to get five extra attacks. Right. Like when you think about it in that context, you're getting five extra attacks that you couldn't normally. No, yep. none of these other swords give you five extra attacks right. you what is it you have to pay 30 points for one yeah, or something 20. like that so or 40 20. points for two yeah so sort
2: of battle you never see because if you run the math sword of striking is always at least as good or better
3: mm-hmm.
0: huh. uh, yeah that's interesting I, I, I have never seen any of the
1: plus attacks swords. Mm-hmm. Not ever. anymore. I used to see them in sixth and seventh, but
2: for some reason in eighth, strength I've never is seen just, them. Strength yeah. is just so important. You've got to get the strength.
0: Um, okay, so um, let's give out a wooden spoon award to the the worst of the magic weapons. This is... The <laughs> wooden spoon Yes, award, right? not just the... Uh, the wooden sword award. <laughs> yeah, the wooden sword award. Not just the worst in terms of its effect, but a combination of effect plus points value. Mm. Um, my vote goes for the spell thieving sword, um, where it, it's only useful against wizards. Um, yeah, very situational. And if they don't save a wound, they lose a spell randomly. I'm like, well...
1: Wizards usually die die if you in close do a wound. combat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any character that's gonna have a twenty five point magic weapon is probably gonna kill a wizard in combat, no matter what. Yeah, and so yeah, it's just totally useless. Yeah, uh, I just I don't see it ever being taken.
0: Yeah, and mm. I, actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, this might have a spot against Brolox i like, you see, or oh, yeah. huh? against the sisters or, you know, the pink horrors, you know, those mm. units. I'm like, okay, I'm still gonna... never making it into an all. No, list. it's not. It's not. But it'd be kind of funny. What would happen in that case? I mean, it says a wizard and um, uh, the whole them. unit counts as a wizard. Right. So yeah. So you, all you have to do is two wounds with this and then now your Brolocks can't cast any spells. That's yeah, solid. but
1: they still have a nasty four-up save. <laughs> <They're still laughs> it's not necessarily a the spell a of the problem.
0: Which <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, which is what they're really is. for. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'd still give that the wooden spoon. It's no. pretty. I'm gonna.
2: I'm giving my wooden spoon to the Sword of Battle, just because plus
0: I, one attack for twenty points.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sword what of about? Strike, H- hitting on twos with three attacks is still better than hitting on threes with four attacks. Yep. So.
0: Ricky.
1: Uh, I would probably go with the spell thieving sword too, because right. I really feel like it's just that lame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nice. I, I think there's the potential for something fluffy like that, but it should be a five pointer. Yep. Um, because that would be something that you'd throw on some garbage hero who might try and kill a wizard. But yep. if you're if you're if you build a character to go hunting wizards, you're gonna take more attacks or. Mm-hmm. just actually more attacks against wizards because they usually have low toughness. So.
0: Yep. 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 Okay, so that was weapons. Let's go on to armor, magic armor. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the stuff you always see, uh, you always see the armor of destiny, which gives a heavy armor with a four-up ward, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the silvered steel.
0: Um, you see silvered steel somewhat, yep. It gives a two-up armor save. Um, you see uh, the charm shield, um, the on
2: helm. every uh, mounted ca- every character who's going to be on their own has the charm shield.
0: Yep, uh, you see the enchanted shield quite yep. a bit, and yep. the dragon helm. The dragon helm, yeah. Um, and
2: that's about it. You occasionally
0: see the armor of fortune, which is the heavy armor that gives the five upward.
2: and the glittering scales gets its gets its exposure. It
1: does, yeah, because that one paired with the fencer's, fencer's blades. blades is mm, really delicious. tasty. Don't yeah. hit me,
2: bro. Yeah, yeah,
0: hit me on six that's six. true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. So you see about half of them, so that's pretty good. It is.
2: It's a pretty good section actually. It but that could also be just because
0: there's stuff. only twelve. Uh, yeah. yeah. It so, is a small section, that's yeah. true. So so um I'm having there,
2: to read some of these other ones because I've never even like considered even them before, them. actually. Yeah.
0: So I am, I'm gonna give a shout out to the um trickster's helm um as a as an alternative. Now it's fifty points and it gives you plus one armor save. And any successful roll to wound uh, made against the wearer of the trickster sound must be re-rolled.
1: Um, That's actually really good. Well,
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's good, but where I think you, you can actually get real benefit from it is against poison. Because now your automatic poison wound, if, you've, if you're tough six and you've been automatically mm-hmm. wounded from poison, it has been FAQ'd as far as I'm aware that if you have to have rolls to wound against you... Now, let me do... I'll double check. If you have to have rolls to wound against you re-rolled and you've been poisoned, they have to make a roll to wound.
2: There's no way. I mean, it's the same with the Destroyer, right? You have to re-roll all successful rolls to wound against the Destroyer. Yeah. But I never make people re-roll poison because if there's no roll to wound... Are you sure? It says... Uh, any successful roll to wound, if there's no roll to wound, yeah. how and are you rolling And poison just it? counts as an auto wound. Po- poison Where means if you I roll a six that, to then? hit, it's an auto wound. So. Where did yes. I read that? I don't, so I'm gonna I look don't up. see the argument for it that. Could
0: be, it could be that I read it in a tournament pack mm-hmm. um, rather than in an FAQ. Um, but I thought I read that in an FAQ. In which case, that's kind of meaningless. But well, at the same time...
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it just to try and avoid poison. I. I think if you have something that's... On a cowboy, this is really good because um, your high toughness, you're already, you're tough five, right? You can have a one-up armor save already. So you're not getting a lot of wounds through. Um, I guess the armor save doesn't really come into right. that. But, you know, you have high weapon skill and you have a high um, toughness. You're not going to be taking a lot of wounds to begin with. Now you're forced to re-roll the ones you do get through. That does. And, I mean, like when we play against your Kadai, it's so frustrating and so hard. Mm-hmm. And and if you were it's getting true. that on, you know, a tanky character, that, that could really demoralize people. And and it's actually
2: something that could really slow them down. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because it's a helm, you can pair it with yeah. heavy armor and a shield yep. already. So yeah. it's going to yeah. boost your yeah, chaos but, armor. It's not like Armor of <laughs> Destiny, which, yeah, over- overwrites chaos armor, let's say. Yeah, um, I mean the
0: big downside is that um, it's fifty points. It's it's spendy, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: It's very spendy. I wouldn't use it, but I can kind of see your argument. For yeah, but you take yeah, you take I that take and ward uh, saves over yeah, ward take, saves man.
1: I don't know, take that and a big sword, and you're gonna be messing stuff up.
2: It's true. Yeah.
1: All right, so that's
2: that was your honorable shout out but that's you're my giving it based on poison. Well, yeah.
0: I I thought, you know, and I I've I've, and the Fencers Blades. I've had a quick look to see and I I can't figure out where I'm thinking of that from and it may be that I'm just getting confused with some older rules. Right. Um but but even aside from that, I think yeah, if you're high toughness, like you said, this if is If you're de, high toughness, this yeah. is demoralizing. Not one for elves, because No,
2: but good, wounding on two up twice is not very hard.
0: No. <laughs> but good for for like ogres or sure. um or lizard man mm-hmm. um and yeah, it can be pretty demoralizing
2: mm-hmm. all right, Ricky has a shout out in this section, right
1: oh yeah, the shield of tolos that's that's the one right there I love that yeah. um uh, you know the first time I ever thought to use this was back uh, against, against me against Aiden yeah when uh he was and it, this was back when you were using the last what Elves. Yeah. yeah and uh so. I I I needed I wanted something that um could get in on his unit of glade guard and try and shut shut them down and uh
0: the the banner of eternal flame glade guard all Yes. yep, yep. Yeah.
1: so he had the banner of eternal flame and uh on his glade guard mm-hmm. so I took uh the shield of tolos yep the arabian carpet and uh I believe I dragon had the Bane Dra- dragon bean gym yep and so I was able to fly that in. I was able to land out there and absorb a round of shooting because laughed that off.
0: Laughed that off with a one-up armor yep. and a two-up ward. <laughs> and a two-up ward.
1: And then I was able to charge into combat and hold him up because I had the two-up ward and then yep. also heavy armor and a shield. Yeah. So it's a nice one. It's a
0: pretty good one. I That's... only got you with a nasty bound item. From yeah. The, what was, from the, was it? I can't it remember. was Yeah. Some bound item from the old book,
3: yeah.
1: And it was super smart. On leadership. Super smart. Yeah, yeah, super
2: smart thing to do because otherwise that unit otherwise was. Otherwise that unit was toast. Yep. Yeah. It just would have been there the whole game doing yep. nothing. Yep. So Tolos makes it into most of your lists now. Shield uh,
1: Patooey. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> at, When you go to a tournament with an open list, if you have that on something that's running around. Um, and people know that they're going to waste all their shots on them because even even uh, Wood Elf Bow with the armor piercing now is still a two up, which mm-hmm. is the same as a one up. So, yep, great for a
0: standalone character. Yeah, yep. you,
1: you know. just give that to the something that's going to be because uh, people aren't going to shoot a can a cannon necessarily at a lone infantry character, yeah. but yeah. they might shoot, you know a yeah, unit of, of
2: dark riders yeah, shooting at him or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And
1: once they do, then they just kind of lose those shots, yeah. which is good.
0: So. Yep, yep. Any uh, any honorable mentions for you, Tom? I'll
2: give an honorable mention to the spell shield, actually. Yep. It's just another way to get magic resistance, which is always nice. You know, I've used it before if I have a unit uh, with a couple of characters in there and I'm using their talisman allowance already to put personal ward saves on them. Um, just a way to get magic resistance into the unit and not waste, you know, the banner, allow me to use another banner rather than the leechbane pennant.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I just remembered what I was thinking of for trickster's helm mm. It was not poison at all. It was killing blow. Oh, so now if someone rolls oh, a, six a six on a killing blow, uh, they have Perfect. to reroll it. Yeah. Agreed. And that so, is a really nice use. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's still spendy at 50 points. Yeah. I'm like, nah, what the hell was I thinking of? But oh, no,
2: killing blow for sure. Yeah, yeah that's that the nice. only way to kind of gain a,
1: a reasonable amount of immunity to killing blow. Yeah. for some characters. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, lost your nice general. Actually. The killing blow, general general to yeah. kill and blow. And yeah, with the honestly. with all the, um, what is it, grave guard or tomb guard? Yeah, the grave guard. Grave guard that are yeah, going to be summoned. Blow. Blow. Coming up. Yeah. Getting that helm in there might so be good. So would,
2: this would this this would give some protection against death magic as well, right? You have the death magic spell that you uh you do 2d6 minus strength worth of hits and then they wound on a 4 up right what spell is that the Fate of Buna? feat of Buna. Or... um that's
0: yes cause a wound or a roll of a 2 plus um with no armor saves right um so yeah if they did that um or then... the, ca- the caress of llyr I mean, that does of a wound well. on a
2: four up so now that... people are re rolling that as rerolling well,
0: right? the yeah. So any successful roll to wound. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that is giving you some protection for sure.
2: Protection is death major. No, yeah. Sorry. That's All
0: right. so you know there's there's uses when you start looking for it. Um, I, I would say you would probably see this more if it was thirty points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, the wooden spoon goes to probably the only thing that didn't get mentioned, which is the Helm of Discord. I
2: don't even know what it does, but it's terrible. Uh, (laughs) Basically, uh,
0: you make a leadership test, and if you fail, um, you can't attack, and you're hit automatically. Um, So it's not terrible, but it's it's situational, and it's 30 points. not really
2: fail, many leadership tests. Not too often,
0: no. Um, uh, With very few exceptions, everything's got Leadership 9 re-rollable. Um so.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. He's got
0: leadership 9 rerollable when he's got star snick and the, the banner yeah. of dis- yeah. standard of discipline. Yeah. All
2: right, onwards. Onwards to into talismans. talismans.
0: Yep. Okay, so stuff you see forever. Talisman of preservation, you see all the time. That's yeah, the four up or. Dawnstone, re <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, reroll failed armor saves. Mm-hmm. Very popular on the one-ups.
1: Dragon bane jam. The dragon bane jam, yep. Two Always. up against flaming.
0: Um you do see some of the other you do see the talisman of endurance occasionally to give the 5-up ward to a secondary spellcaster, for example.
2: You see the obsidian lodestone sometimes as well. You'll see the lodestone
0: and the amulet. They both give magic resistance.
2: You see that a lot on units that have a lot of characters in and enough characters that one can sit in the next rank back so it doesn't really need personal protection. Yep, And that buffs up the whole unit against magic.
0: Yep, and you'll also see it in in units where the unit has a ward save Mm -hmm. to begin with and then this buffs the whole unit for you know, to give them the two up against magic. Right. Okay. So those are the ones you see pretty often. Um, honorable mentions. Anybody want to call one out?
2: I'll throw one out for the luck stone. It's so cheap and it gives you one reroll to your armor save.
0: So. Yep. So that one critical armor yeah. save that you might need to make. Yeah, solid.
1: but you're able to have pretty good
2: armor saves. So for yeah. you, that's, oh, yeah, that's, you can that's get good. good. Yeah. Saves, that's so. the
0: thing with anything rerolling armor saves. You, you're kind of only giving it to something with a one up or a sure. two up, you know? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ricky, any honorable mentions for you?
1: uh no. no i mean really the the only one that i like to take is the dragon bane gem because it, it's fun yep um you yeah know, for the sure the other i take the talisman of preservation on if i can't take scar then i do the armor silvered steel and the talisman of preservation and that guy is actually more survivable than scar Yep. <laughs> for yeah. like half the price <laughs> <For> so <sure. laughs> yeah so uh but You know, uh, yeah. Okay. Nothing I would really say is is, that I think is awesome. Yeah. I think that they're all kind of boring, to be honest with you. They are a little bit. They're boring, yeah.
0: Um, The one that I will give a shout out to is the Opal Amulet. Um, It's a four-up ward, but only against the first wound. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually kind of like this um, paired with the Charm Shield. So you get a two-up against your first hit, and then a four-up against your first wound. Mm-hmm. So um, for twenty points, for yeah. twenty points, yeah. Um, and so that still leaves you thirty points to in, in a hero slot to protect, like your BSB or or, or a um, hero level wizard or whatever. Yeah, if that if
1: that's somebody who's not in a unit, they're out running around. That's a pretty good. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. or
0: or even against death magic again, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. it can be nice to to uh, give you a four up against you know that that one spell.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Wooden spoon? Uh, Wooden spoon. Pigeon plucker. Pigeon plucker. It's only five points, though. It's not... You can't call it bad value. Even if it did nothing, it's not that bad value. Uh, Yeah, it is. It's just so
1: situational that you very rarely ever get to use it.
2: It used to be that if you were going to have a a mage or something hanging out in the backfield, then flyers would be the thing you're worried about. But now the game is so full of fast cav that that you're worried about that as well. Yeah, and
1: you don't you hardly ever see models on their own that you know aren't yeah. already with a five up board mm-hmm. um and yeah yeah i just think it's 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 so situational that you're you're seldom going to get to use it and even when you are going to use it you probably haven't so much that you forget to use it yeah (laughs) you're like oh wait that thing had flight didn't it damn it i was supposed to have a five up against that oh well he's dead anyways you know yeah i would like to see
0: more stuff like um this talisman uh gives the bearer and his unit um uh protection from fear right Mm -hmm. you know yeah Um, or, or strider
1: or weird yeah, things like that things, yeah well i mean World these are supposed things.
0: to be protective things yeah. so it'd be cool if if they were some of them applied to the unit or or removed some other effect like um i, I don't know but i i think there would be cool things that they could 100. do 100.1
1: to auto pass any characteristic test for the unit uh, wow. I would Ooh, um, interesting.
2: I'm, I'm just going to real quick give my wooden spoon joint to uh, talisman of protection and seed of rebirth because yes. I just think six up saves are just yeah, are they're insulting pointless. aren't they're they just, they're just pointless don't
0: remind me <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're just insulting it's my, just my, just my poor,
0: insult my my poor forest
2: uh, yeah
1: yeah uh, it is
0: yeah here have this thing that's the same as a shield right <laughs> all right let's move on to magic standards before I get depressed so, um stuff that you always see, you always see the, the razor standard. Razor standard is pretty common common. Mm-hmm. Banner of swiftness, swiftness is pretty I common. Swiftness I like standard a lot. of
2: discipline. Leechbone, pennant. Leechbone, pennant common. and
0: standard of discipline. Standard of
2: discipline. Mm-hmm. Um and the flame banner. And the flame banner. Yeah, so um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably again, four or pretty, five that are used pretty common. Yeah, four or
2: five the, the the most expensive ones are not seen that often. No. So I um, would say I I don't think I've ever seen the
1: lichbone
2: pendant. The I, lichbone pendant? Yeah, really? I think I it's sw- just cheap magic resistance. That uh, yeah, maybe I see just that very
1: often. maybe it just people don't remember On bunkers, to use it. Bunkers, little bunker units. Bunker units. It makes sense to take, yeah, but I think people just a I always a see the, I almost always
2: see the eternal flame banner. Yeah, yeah. And everyone wants to have their one flamey unit. To, yeah, to I,
1: I think I see that more than any other banner. Standard of discipline. I'd agree.
2: Yeah. either stand of discipline or flame yeah. and then two. after
1: that yeah you you get swiftness razor standard and then everything else is kind of whatever
2: yeah, yeah. so um honorable mentions tom mm, oh gleaming pennant i love the gleaming pennant yep i give it to I whatever figured. unit is going to operate i need to operate outside the the bsb bubble yep oh, gives, yeah, just gives smart. you one safe Yep. one bit of safety yeah yeah well, for sure uh, for five points great brilliant. on
0: a uh, uh frenzy unit as well if mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. uh you know you need to give that um a bit of pr- protection uh ricky any shout outs for you
1: well this one's tough because i don't have a lot of experience with these um i oh. i'm allowed one standard in my goblins <laughs> and Which is always it's always a standard of discipline. it's all it's got to always be the standard yeah. of discipline otherwise i don't have a chance yeah. um with the skaven i would take uh I would always the Skaven have the best banner in the game, which yeah, is the storm banner. The Storm Banner. And then I would take Love the eternal the storm banner. And I would always put the Storm banner on the on the block of um Storm, storm Vermin, Vermin and put the eternal flame on the um on PSB. the B S B because then if I knew that the Storm Vermin were gonna have to fight something that had a high save against flaming, he could come out. He could come out. Or I could also deploy him into a unit that needed to fight something with regen. Yep. So after I saw how things were deployed, I could place him where I needed that. Yep, that's um, but other than that, like I've, I really, sometimes I encounter the other ones, but I don't Yeah. have much to say about them.
0: Um, so the only, the only one that I will give a shout out to is um the war banner. Um. So it's basically a banner mm-hmm. that gives plus two instead of plus one. Um. So you, it's it's a little spendy um i think there are some units that benefit from it more than others mm-hmm. um i think like um a a an elite unit of undead benefits from it quite well so you know obviously combat or demons um, i mean she can't give it to demons but um something that is unstable mm-hmm. um that needs combat res in order to not die mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't have a whole lot of static combat res already right. due to, you know, it's only got one rank, for example. I
2: find it just over, like, in 7th edition Warhammer or whatever where combats were won and lost on a couple of points of combat yeah. res. I used to love this item. But for thirty-five points in Eighth Edition, where yeah. combat swing by so much, you know, like so many wounds are done in combat. It's yeah. true. These days, I find it not really worth it anymore.
0: See, um, I would have thought that too. Um, but what I'm, what I found with playing the Skaven is, yeah, I'm taking a ton of wounds, but I'm dishing out a ton of wounds too, and everything is coming down to a couple of points at the end, mm. where literally it's like we've had to count out. Okay, who's got the banner? Who's got a BSB? You know, it's not obvious. Oh, now you just take the leadership test and you're steadfast. Right. Um, We've literally, like, over the last 10 games that I've played in the tournaments, there's been multiple rounds where it's been decided by three or less. And I'm like, okay. You know, at that
2: point... At that point, it's sounding pretty good, It's yeah. sounding pretty good. I think... I just think 25 points, or even 20 points. Well, it used to be 25 points it in did. some
0: of the uh, some of the older books. Yeah, like in, the, my,
2: in the Beastman book, it's still, still 25, 25 points, point. I yeah. think, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Um, okay, Wooden Spoon, then.
2: Um <laughs> Again, because you're like... No, I don't know. It's it's a a maybe the, the whaling Banner. Maybe the Wailing Banner. Wailing Banner's terrible. Yeah. All
0: uh, right cause terror for or rampage points.
2: your banner it's good but you can pretty much usually only put it on a bsb you can only put it on a bsb and either a better banner to take for the bsb or you want to protect them instead so yeah yeah it's great yeah not worth
0: it there are those banners you never see yeah Man,
2: there's yeah those reason. top two they're yeah. just way too expensive like terror is just
1: so not even worth the points anymore yeah it's not um that it's just Silly. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Arcane items. So this is the, the second largest <laughs> set.
1: Yeah, it's a big one.
0: Um, so let's talk about what you always see. Dispel
2: scroll. Dispel
0: scroll. <laughs> Dispel scroll. <laughs> um, you see the power scroll reasonably frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see the earthing
2: rod. Mm-hmm. Earthing rod,
0: Trickster yeah. shard. Tricks, uh, you, no, you don't see the you trickster, see the trickster other shard. Other trickster shard. You see no, the other trickster shard. shard but yeah, not trickster shard. But yeah, yeah. the trickster not, shard. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other and you one. see the channeling staff. Um, yeah, you now,
2: you see the channel and stuff very frequently?
0: On, on the slan.
2: Yeah. It's a when pretty you, common build. You can, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And there's a there's a couple of other like non-lizard men that also get multi-channel dice. I've been seeing it yeah. a lot yeah. on yeah. the Warriors lately, too. Warriors, right? The Zinch guys get extra rolls on their channels. Yeah, yeah. so oh, I've yeah, been yeah, seeing yeah. it a lot yeah. there, too.
1: And it's so cheap, 15 points. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bargain. re-roll ones, right? Yeah. So then you get you re-roll
0: one. ones, and I think you can take, like, a familiar or something to give you another channel dice or something like
2: that. I take it sometimes even with no bone, even though i don't have any of those other bonuses it's just if you think about it, it in an average game it adds two dice yep at any at, you know some which points is where you might need them a lot yeah, yeah
0: and and you do occasionally yeah yeah
2: exactly i i agree, I agree. two dice at some point in the game yeah.
0: okay so um shout
2: outs person i love i love the power stone yeah. I love the Power Stone. So I love being able to just play with my opponents a little bit and I, save one dice. And they think, I don't need to save any dice to dispel whatever he's going to do with that one dice. And then, like, three dice. Yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah, I think you do see the Power Stone reasonably frequently. You see frequently, it reasonably right? frequently.
2: At, but it's not... Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Okay,
0: Ricky, any... Um, oh,
2: what, what is my favorite? Any
0: shout-outs? Uh,
1: no. <laughs> no. uh, yeah it's just one of those it's another one where there's so many of them i've never like the the hex scroll i i, I think is awesome yeah. um especially awfully wordy on how you use it but it's awesome um but then like you get into things like the scroll of shielding that's pretty good for 15 points i think because yeah. you could just Instead of wasting your dispel scroll, throw that out and have a four-up ward against it. So, I mean, there's there's stuff that's good in here, but yeah, I'm I nope. can't say anything. I mean, other than the dispel scroll that I would yep. take consistently.
0: Yep, that's fair. Yeah, I like the hex scroll, um, especially because level two wizards are are becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll also give a shout out to the Book of Asher. Um, at 70 points, um, I think when you take it it, just specifically for Wood elves, um, you get that plus one to cast, um, you get a plus one to cast when you're in a forest. So now you've got a level six wizard. It's a bit like having an extra dice in Mm. every casting attempt. Mm -hmm. Um, It is
2: you know so just with the, uh yeah the way some spells are costed just adding that plus one it means you know stuff comes down to one dice instead yeah. of mm-hmm. yeah or, or two instead buff. of three yeah or, i the know. game i played against you like after you drawn out all of my d- dispel you know i use my dispelled dice to dispel what i thought was important yeah and then after that you just have like four more spells coming through on yep. on yeah. one and dice and it means yeah. that you can still cast like almost all of the signature spells can
1: be cast with one, one dice, dice yeah getting you know two-thirds 70 probability is of big, getting it off a
2: big one 70
0: but. points is a big. i think actually it's it's reasonably it's costed. Fair. it is reasonably
2: yeah. costed yeah it's not necessarily what i would choose but yeah it's, exactly it's, it's situational
0: and yeah but okay so that's arcane items wooden and spoon uh wooden spoon yeah uh wooden spoon for me
2: just take a pick there's millions of wooden spoons uh,
0: <laughs> i actually think the worst one is the wand of jet um it's that's 35 points do. after you've cast you can it's one use only after you've cast, you can roll uh, another d6 and add it on. And like, okay. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, but the power stone is two dice before Yeah, you but cast. you have to
2: choose before. This lets you be a little more conservative with your dice. And then, you know, throw a minimal number, see that you missed your spell, throw another one.
0: Enchanted items. Uh, okay, so... These are the fun ones. These are these the are fun, fun ones. And this is kind of the catch-all for everything. Okay, so what do you see a lot of? What you you see? see the Ruby Ring of Ruin. Ruby mm-hmm. ring. You see the Crown of Command. Potions, Potions of, of command. Strength. You see the Potion, Potion of, strength.
2: of Strength. Other Trickster Shard. Other Trickster Shard. That's um, where it's at.
0: And I think you see the Arabian Carpet pretty frequently, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Ricky, I'm
1: going to let you have the first shout-out. I'm spoiled for options here (laughs) I love them all Uh, I I finally have used the wizarding hat I love um, the wizarding hat and I loved it it was fun it was really fun I loved having I loved the start of my turn being four rolls on animosity (laughs) two rolls of stupidity yeah. And one of those would was almost always a unit that was anim- that had to roll for animosity, also had to roll for stupidity. So I'm like just rolling dice, <laughs> are they going to move at all? You know, it's like the the craziness of it. Um I can also say that some it does
2: something else other than just give you yeah. stupidity though, right? Yeah, <laughs> it gives you it turns you hat. into a
1: level 2 <laughs> wizard. And the cool thing about it is for me, I can take a really cheap night goblin warlord who has toughness four three wounds, can have heavy armor and a shield and a hand weapon and be and in a unit. Yeah. be in a unit. So he's actually better than almost every other wizard in the game. And he's a level two wizard. Yeah. Um he's stupid. Yep. Which I thought at first meant that the whole unit was immune to psych, but it it's the majority has to be, but um, you know, he's he's just really good at that point for a yep. level 2 now i have to i had to dig out an eight-sided die to pick out my <laughs> my, my um my you know war. Really but, yeah. but that is so much fun and I'm using spells that I have never seen before. I've never tried before, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and that's right because you've got dwarfs, skaven, and night goblins. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you don't get a lot of choice yeah. in terms of spells. Um,
1: I haven't used, I haven't used these since I played um Lizardmen, which was years ago. You know, like I'm using spells that just I, I see thrown at me, and I'm just like having so much fun trying. Like I. Um, In a game against Jesse, I happened to get, um, and he was playing Nagash. We were playing Nagash for the first time. I happened to get Lore of Shadow. Yay. Okay, that's cool, right? Yep. Then I roll for the spells, and I get Pit of Shades and Miasma. Yay. My level four also got Itchy Nuisance. Yay. (laughs) So I get to the magic phase. I get a big magic phase. I manage to bring Nagash's initiative down to two.
3: <laughs> and
1: I managed to cast pit of shades. Yep, and and continues. Jesse manages to save it with the two. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> gross. It was yep. almost. It was the closest, but but just that whole sequence of events was like so epic and so fun that I I think that that is just probably my favorite. And the that. by a goblin. Um, I awesome. love the flying carpet on a goblin. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. stupid cheap you know fly him around he always dies he always is fun though yep. and i think i like seeing the arabian carpet on ogres that's just scary you know like a a, minotaurs yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. scary business right there yeah. yep. um the folding fortress i'm actually thinking next year one of sparkle parties is everybody's going to bring a folding fortress for free oh god, dude um <laughs> because
2: every I, game will be the two towers <laughs> I, I
1: and the reason i'm doing it is because i see so many uh tournament ban- t- yeah that ban it and i'm different. like that's so stupid it doesn't you know If people pay 100 points, it's 100 points. That means you have to take a lord Lord to take it.
0: With no magic items. With nothing
1: else on them. Yep. Then you are giving up quite a bit, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Yeah, but what happens is people play the fortress and they take like a... An 80 man unit, and then just put all that shooting. Yeah. And they make their
2: own fortress model that has 20 floors, so you can have all of those guys shooting.
1: Yeah.
0: The reason it's banned is because some people are douchebags. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's ways around that. If you make it free, you just say, you know, a three story tower, and it can only have a certain footprint. That's true. And you can only put. Maybe we say only a certain number of models can start. Oh, it. that's
2: comp, man. But, that's comp. Yeah, but you're
1: getting a free tower out of it, so put that in the sucky bucket. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, Tom, shout outs yeah. for you just to finish this. Uh, Potion of like speed. Potion of speed, especially on a Death Wizard. Because you have, because you have dwarves. Is that right? Yeah, well, yeah. If I'm gonna cast, if I'm gonna cast a purple sun from a dwarf and he might end up like casting himself. it on himself so first you guzzle get your potion my, i want to get my initiative up to 5 and then cast it otherwise right. i'm losing a 400 yeah but you got to remember
1: to cast drink
2: it at the start of the turn right yeah, yeah i can i can handle that okay. i can handle remembering to drink okay. my potion just making sure yeah.
0: <laughs> Yep. um i will give my shout out to the potion of full hardiness mm. um i think it's great um it took me a long time to remember to use it every every uh Every turn, I wanted to charge, but getting that extra attack and being able to charge in against that thing with fear or caused fear or terror, and And not have to roll, yeah, very nifty for five points. You know, uh, I like it a lot, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Okay, Mm -hmm. wooden spoon time.
2: Feather photo. (laughs) Exactly, it's another one. (laughs) All of of the stuff that situational against flyers were just pretty down on it. Yeah, I I just. I don't. I hate paying points for like, situational stuff. Pretty funny stuff. against demon. Rins and here's the yeah, thing: like
1: <laughs> the great thing when you look at what co- the 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 points you spend for terror here, yep, is actually half fairly reasonable. Yeah, you yeah. know the whole unit still causes terror. Sure, we can't use his leadership, but you could just put that on a cheap character and throw it in there, right? Yep.
2: and still the unit would still have to take a terror test to get something else that causes terror. That's true. Just, uh, just or the it would have to take a fear it. test. I guess the character wouldn't be affected by it. Yeah, because it's the, the majority of the does. models have to yeah, cause but, it. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. still, it's pretty... It's pretty good. It's good to cause fear and other things, yeah. So, yeah.
1: I, I don't know, I'm just...
2: It's not as useless
0: as the Feather Photor. Yeah, yeah, I, I just... Feather it's feather
1: it's feather. another one of those things that's um, so situational and not fluffy enough to actually be worth taking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was super situational like that and five points... What the hell is a torque, anyway? It's like a headband. No, oh, a neck band. Is it a neck? It goes around the neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. there you go. Oh, okay. Yep, it's so a you, Celtic thing. It's like fill one of it those full of feathers, feathers of things no, that you it's,
2: killed. No, it's uh, metal
0: usually. Right, yeah. but it's a feather photo The feather you photo. You fill it
2: full of feathers, and then flying stuff is like, whoa, whoa maybe. Don't take my feathers, brah. That might I'm be. It. Scared. I'm scared. Scared. <laughs> You've killed a feathered thing before, but what happens if they have yeah. bat wings, brah? <laughs> then I'm not scared anymore. Am I? What if they just float my- what if they're on an Arabian carpet bro? What yeah? You need to dangle some like bits <laughs> of carpet. Get in a, like a too? little
1: carpet tassel and like you gotta you gotta make that torque like crazy. All, think, right. Okay. All right. Okay. Alright. So, <laughs> so what needs to I model that up. We need to get <laughs> to bed. I think I think
0: we're jumping the torque now.
1: <laughs> Oversized meatball.
0: Okay, so uh that that wraps up our uh, Our Art of War section. Um, I think we we won't be having a a campaign corner this episode, um, but we will include one in the next episode. I think. I think actually the entire next episode technically is campaign corner if we're we're, uh, talking about end times. During end times. Um, And uh, all that remains is for me to thank everybody for listening, and uh, sign off for the night. Good night.